the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're here at the uh, the house. Uh, in fact, we're in the Capitol on the third floor, house side. Uh, okay, and we're we're trying to figure out the definition of a word. We thought it was prenatal, and it's not. A, it looks like a misspelling. It's a perinatal, and that means like that. relating to the time, usually a number of weeks immediately before and after birth. Okay, so that's what we're uh, we're looking at right now, and the reason we're looking at it is because of a piece of legislation uh, that is being uh, proposed uh, by uh, Bentley, Bentley and Irvin, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm trying to head back and get this for us real quick. So that's HB 1441, I think. The title is to improve maternal. And perinatal outcomes by creating a quality review committee to improve maternal and uh, perinatal outcomes. The committee, beginning in 2020, shall file a written report to the Senate and House Public Health, Welfare, and Labor Committees on the number and causes of maternal deaths and its recommendations on or before December 31st of each year. So... We got to get Bentley on and talk about this. Is because are they saying that the doctors can't tell? I don't know. They can't show up and, sure. and tell people, you know, what the number and causes of maternal. De- I mean, if the doctors can't do it, why am I supposed to trust legislators to tell me? I mean, I understand uh, Mary Bentley was a registered nurse. Okay, right. and I understand that. But still, there's. That's a really. Oh, no, and, I, can, and, I can text her see if I can get her to come on. Yeah, and then you got House Bill fourteen forty from Representative uh, Ferguson, a Democrat, and Senator Irvin, Republican. This law would establish the Maternal Mortality Review Committee. Because yeah, we've got a we've got an issue in this state where the. Um, maternal death rate is higher than this national average, I think, and I, I don't, I don't know for sure what's causing that, but I understand that, that at least in some places, they do C-sections at alarmingly high rates. Okay, well, so something to look at, but I still don't know if we necessarily need a legislative committee to deal with it to call the doctors and to talk to them i mean that's why you got the medical board and everything well, isn't it part of the part of the thing is though that sometimes the medical these different boards and commissions they actually provide cover for bad actors and that that's 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 part of the that's part of the danger of having license a licensing system is that they're allegedly there to protect people from the the bad practitioners, but sometimes they end up protecting the bad practitioners from the markets that would have kicked them out because they're so bad. I was talking to a fellow yesterday that was telling about how he works for a particular industry, I think, that, and he knows of some people that are, they hold certain type of license from the state, and, and, and they're really bad, but 
the state doesn't want to kick them out because maybe they have families or just you know, it's just going to be a pain in the neck to get rid of them. And so they're, they're being given credentials by the government when they're not qualified. And so sometimes these things are they actually get in the way, and so the, the, are, are the boards these, are not trustworthy. Are these the new uh, horse massagers? No, I think these are actually people that, that check out to see if your see if your um, your ground is suitable for a septic system. I think is what it was, and I think he, he was saying oh, that some of these guys are for just perking for perking. Yeah. Okay. So he was saying that some of these guys just don't know what they're doing, but they still have the license or whatever it is from the state, and so they're. Um, they're being provided with credentials from the government when they're just not qualified. And okay, so, sometimes so here's, here's a story. Elizabeth just sent this to me. Every year in the United States, more than 50,000 mothers are severely injured during or after childbirth, and 700 of those die. Women across the United States are dying and suffering life-changing injuries during childbirth because hospitals are not following proper safety measures. That's according to USA Today. Every year in the U.S., more than 50,000 mothers are severely injured. It's a, re- a prevalent issue in Arkansas, which is ranked fourth among states with the highest maternal death rates, according to the report. Now, this is not kids. This is, this is the, the mother. mother. Uh, USA Today uh, reporter Allison Young went out and talked to folks. And uh, say the experts say that about 50% of the deaths of women from childbirth-related causes could be prevented if they were given better medical care. Two leading causes of childbirth death and injuries are hemorrhage and hypertension. Both of those require hospital officials to pay attention to the early warning signs and get uh, people treatments quickly. What we found is that's not happening, said Young. Between 2012 and 2016, Arkansas reported 37.5 maternal deaths per 100,000 births. Dr. William Greenfield, associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology at UAMS, says, quote, it shows us we have an opportunity to do something better, unquote. Well, I guess so. Why don't we just say something that everybody can kind of figure out from the numbers that we just 30, heard. 37 per 100,000 births. That sounds kind of high. Greenfield said developing a solution begins with having a better solution of the problem. Arkansas is among several states without a committee to evaluate deaths related to childbirth. So now now we're hearing the committee thing here. Let's continue what it's a story. The Arkansas Department of Health The ADH is in the planning stage for a maternal mortality review with partners and interested parties, according to the ADH spokesperson. So this is going along with the Arkansas Department of Health working with some uh, members here in the House and the Senate to get these two things done. And we'll see if we can't get Mary Bentley or or... um, Senator Irvin and, or somebody to come over here and talk to us about all of this. Okay. And yeah, that's a, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting issue because the state has taken such massive control of the medical industry, and now the medical industry kills a lot of people every year. And so maybe the state should figure out what's going on or maybe stop regulating so much so the markets can actually handle this instead of the allowing people to 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 um, be injured by the state sanctioned system. 
Well, you know, I don't know exactly why the problem is happening, but evidently the Arkansas Department of Health, uh, we just heard this story and now we just saw some uh, different pieces of legislation that were filed late yesterday to, uh, you know, get involved in that. So I'm going to send a a shot over to... um, uh, Senator Missy Irvin, see if she can join us today. Let's see what she says. Sounds good. Um, see if she's going to be here. Do, we had somebody at three thirty, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Gates is at three, and three at three thirty is Wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, four o'clock is uh, our car guys, and then at five we got some openings. So we'll see if she's available at five okay. o'clock. You know, she might. We might be able to get somebody at two thirty. I don't know. Do we have anybody I'll, scheduled? I'll, I'll hit her right now for two yeah, thirty. Senate, Senate might come open by then. Two thirty, four, five p.m. to talk. Actually, I think the, I think the Senate is out already, and so we could possibly get her in if she's if she's available now. All right, just send it to mm-hmm. her. See if she'll join us today. Because the House is in, in session, session right, right now. now. And we'll see what's going on. And it sounded like somebody was trying to to uh, throw in some kind of wrench into this uh, convention of states crap. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting now to see what goes on It'll be on interesting there. to see there. Do, you, we, do we know if it, does it take a, a supermajority to pass that, or is it just a simple majority? I think it's just a majority. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. That's just, uh, that's just majority. I can send Randy... Uh, let me send Randy a uh, quick uh, text on that and see what he has to say. Randy Alexander, there it is. Does majority vote rule? COS. Yeah, I think I think it is just a simple majority, but I may be wrong and about just that. Just making but. sure. Yep. All right. I just sent it to Randy Alexander. Man, the internet's slow today. You know. Yeah, it is slow. But bottom line, I've I've got a lot of stuff floating out there right now. Let's uh, while we're floating around, let us go ahead and uh, get a break and uh, get some things taken care of. First things, talk about uh, what PI Roofing is up to. Uh, and they have uh, bought themselves a gutter cleaning service, and now they're going to take on that additional responsibility uh, as well. And uh, you know that PI Roofing can do roofs uh, excellent. Uh, They can do home repair, uh, home repairs with their expertise that they have, and now they're going to take on uh, gutter cleaning services after purchasing Tommy's gutter cleaning service so you can expect that you can get great work from them as well all you have to do to find out more is go to piroofing.com that's piroofing.com alright I'm going to move away from talking about what's happening specifically here in uh, state legislature because we have things floating around we're waiting for people to show up and there and there are meetings in the house and things of that nature. Here's a great story for you, Paul. You're gonna love okay. this one. New Jersey Democrat Senator Cory Booker is not only a potential 2020 presidential candidate, 
He's also a vegan who says the word can't sustain people eating meat. Hmm. Booker told the February issue of Veg News that he became a vegetarian, not a vegan, and he says he's a vegetarian, in 1992 when, after a few days of trying the new lifestyle, he said, Oh my gosh, I will never go back to eating meat ever again. He made the decision to go vegan in 2014. And, and wait a second, let me read this again. Where... I'm missing something here, okay? Mm -hmm. It says that he became a vegetarian in 1992 when, after a few days of trying the new lifestyle, he said, oh my gosh, I will never go back to eating meat. He made the decision to go vegan in 2014. Okay, so he changed from being a vegetarian to being a vegan. So I guess the difference in that is the vegetarian still does milk and cheese and stuff, yeah, I, I guess. guess. Whereas the, the vegan is all plant-based. All, yeah. Nothing but eating. And fun fungus and, and plants or I'm something? Just, oh. I'm just telling you, those plants are alive just like everything else is alive. Poor. So, so what are you know, you're eating it. Anyway, he says, I remember that my last non-vegan meal was Election Day, November 2014. If Booker manages to win the Democratic Party presidential nomination and then the general election, he'd be the first vegan to do so. Well, now it, it matters what you eat or don't eat on whether you're worthy to be president of the United States now. Well. The potential candidate is also a fan of New York Democrat Cortez's Green New Deal, which would like to eliminate farting cows from the American landscape. He compared the widely lampooned and sweeping environmental plan to winning World War II. In their response to the uh, GND, the uh, Food and Environment Reporting Network favorably mentioned the document's commitment to investing in sustainable farming and land use that increased soil health and building a more sustainable food system that ensures universal access to healthy foods. The progressive senator doesn't think uh, veganism is just appropriate for his private life. He wants, and this is the typical thing that always happens when you get somebody like this become a politician, got a little bit of power. He wants everyone... He's talking to you. He wants everyone to embrace the diet because he believes the world can't keep providing enough beef and pork to satisfy meat cravings. Quote, you see the planet Earth moving towards what is the standard American diet, he told Vague News. We've seen this massive increase in consumption of meat pr produced by the industrial animal agriculture industry. The tragic reality is this planet simply can't sustain billions of people consuming industrially produced animal agriculture because of the environmental impact. It's just not possible as China, as Africa move toward consuming meat the same way America does because we just don't have enough land. In addition to convincing the masses to give up meat, Booker has other legislative goals that would interfere with America's eating habits. 
Legislatively, I want to continue to be part of a movement of folks who are fighting against corporate interests that are undermining the public good and the public welfare. It's always about the mean old guys in the corporations. Uh, Booker went on to explain that he aims to continue supporting bills that are about public health, whether it is pumping in all these antibiotics into animals that are literally threatening the safety of Americans. He also believes cramming too many pigs into barns is harmful and violates our collective values as a country. But if I talk to him, he thinks it's right for a woman to have abortion. Probably so. Yeah, and so that's that's and that's and that's one of the but things. But not to is, have too many pigs, you know, in, right. in a and, cage. And so and so they're they're not wrong about everything there. There there are some problems with giving antibiotics to animals because it. I think that's one of the problem. That's one of the reasons why some of the the um, really bad antibiotic resistant um, infections are kind of becoming a problem is because they they use antibiotics in the um, in the farming industry, which allows them to keep animals alive that would have a tendency to die because the conditions are so bad. And so some of our industrial farming practices really are a pretty bad idea. And I'm not coming at it from, a, from an animal rights perspective. I'm coming at it from a, from a human health perspective and a, and a serious pollution perspective because when you don't, when you have tons and tons and tons of animals in one place, you've got to do something with their poop. And a lot of times... We don't always do a real good job of taking care of that, and it gets into the rivers and streams and stuff. Stuff, and so I think there's there's some progress to be made there. But I, I'm afraid the Democrat solution is not a just solution. I think it's a it's somewhat of a, um, um, a maniacal solution. I don't know if you want to call it that or not, but it's 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 a it's a solution that is not um, very respectful of human rights. Yeah, I just go back and look at what Booker and and uh, all these people end up being, and that is just a, the world's hugest hypocrites about this. Stuff. Well, all right, and when you when you talk about well, we should we should be nicer to the pigs when we're farming when we're raising them for food, but you can go ahead and kill your unborn child. That's okay. That that's moronic. I'm sorry. I mean, if you think it's okay to kill your 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 child uh, five minutes before they're born. But you have a problem with people raising pigs too close together. You've got some serious moral compass issues, and um, so that, that's just kind of a comparative morality when you when you're concerned about animals. And I don't think we should be cruel to animals. But at the end of the day, animals have per- have a purpose, and and food is one of those appropriate purposes. And. When, when you're okay with people killing their unborn children, but you want to make laws against people being slightly less than kind to animals, you need to fix your moral compass. I mean, it's, it's just a serious problem. That you, If your moral compass is that far off, you're going to get a lot of other things wrong, too, I think. All right, so let's move from that to another yeah. quick. I'm, I'm going to do some just quick different things. They got uh, a Motown special coming up called Motown 60 tonight. Have you heard about it? Did you hear? We know some of the people who are going to be in it. What's interesting is the people who are going to be out of it. How about it's completely missing Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5? They're not even going to hardly complete them. Put them into the show. You'll not hear anything about Jackson's moonwalk. 
which, by the way, he did back in 83 in Motown 25. Uh, the producers of tonight's show, taped at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, missed a, a poignant opportunity to feature the Jacksons, Jermaine, Marlon, Jackie, and Tito as adults. One can only surmise that with the current Michael documentary airing soon on HBO, CBS wanted nothing to do with him. At least Michael's face was shown in the in memorandum, you know, segment. Um, Some people you will see, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson. Um, The whole show could have been about them, and it would have been fine. Diana Ross is a fine voice, but they will have to cut her fawning over Barry Gordy, which was really surreal, it says, in this. But this whole rewriting of the past uh, amazes me. It just really does amaze me. It's, 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 if we don't put him in the show, people think, no one will know that he existed. And I guess if you're younger than 15, maybe that's the case. But anybody that's 20 years old or older know that Michael Jackson existed and that he was one of the greatest performers that ever graced the stage. He was very popular. Up and, well, up not only popular, he was, what? I'm just telling you, he was talented. All right, got, I got to report this because this is the kind of stuff that really stokes me up good. I love this kind of stuff. And here we go. Crude oil production in Texas has beaten its previous record that was set in the 70s. That's a new report from the Texas Independent Producers Royalty Owners Association. Texas oil wells produce more than 1.54 billion barrels of crude in 2018, beating the previous record of 1.28 billion barrels set in 73. Natural gas production also grew, reaching, listen to this, Paul, 8.8 trillion cubic feet in 2018. As the national leader now in oil and natural gas production, Texas is paving the way for America's energy independence, said Texas Governor Greg Abbott. From uh, technological advances resulting in increased oil and natural gas output to our uh, LNG export, uh, export facilities, and of course that's sending natural gas over to Europe uh, and uh, breaking the stranglehold that Russia had on them. Uh, The Lone Star State's energy economy is firing on all cylinders. As governor, I will continue to work with our independent oil and gas producers to take the economy to even greater heights. Crude oil production reached 1.26 billion dollar barrels in 2017 just shy of breaking the 1973 record. Oil companies reached their record production figures in 18, despite a 40% commodity price drop during the fourth quarter. Railroad Commissioner Chairman Christy Craddock said, I'm grateful for the leadership and tenacity of the men and women in this industry to fuel our economy, provide jobs, and pay significant tax Re, uh, review for our roads, water, and education infrastructure. In addition to record production numbers, the oil and natural gas industry 
also grew in employment numbers. Now, when you hear stuff like this, this makes you excited. The industry finished 2018 employing 880,681 people. A 5% increase over 2017 employment figures. Uh, the uh, TIPRO reported that Texas accounted for more than 352,000 of the jobs, or about 40%. Well, a lot of those oil oil field jobs are actually they pretty good jobs. Not, not pretty good. I'm just saying my son-in-law works in the oil fields, and he's making high six figures. Oh. And you can even get, uh, get, high. get guys right out of high school, and they can make probably, what, forty or $50,000 a year? More than that. More than that. 70 or 80, maybe? Yeah, 70 or 80. Wow. With more than 27,000 new oil and natural gas jobs added, Texas experienced the largest industry gains in 2018, followed by Oklahoma, 5,200, New Mexico, 3,600, North Dakota, 2,800, and Colorado, 2,200. The favorable business environment, environmental stewardship, and science-based approach to regulatory oversight uh, in Texas is a model for all gas and oil-producing states, said the chairman. That's good news, unless you're Cortez. <laughs> if you're Cortez, that, that really that makes you crazy, and you want to shut it all down. You want to get rid of 880,000 Jobs, and, you know, pollution is a problem. But the thing is that if you look at it from a, kind of a different perspective, the the internal combustion engine using fuel has really cut down on pollution a lot. Look at look at what would have happened if we still used horses and, and buggies. Those things put out quite a few pounds of pollution every day in the form of poop all over the place. You know what that does to cities when you're knee deep in the stuff. Either the, either it creates to, more jobs of people walking to, down the to street scoop it up, uh, to scoop it up. Right. You, either you have to have people scooping the stuff, or you have to because you ha- don't have make to wear have, diapers. You don't have to have much talent to scoop up crap. I'm just telling. Which is, you. Well, maybe, maybe, but maybe that's appropriate for the for the crop of people coming out of colleges and universities these days. Good jobs for those kids, right? Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they want fifteen dollars an hour to, oh. to put. Well, it we in can a just bag. we can just print money. Yeah, of course. We print money, give them their fifteen bucks an hour. Yeah, and now here you go. Here's here's some more, here's some more um, hyperbole coming from a rich person. All right, this this is Bill Gates. Bill Gates on Tuesday claimed he had paid too little tax and did not deserve to be so rich. Hmm. That's all I got to hear for me to say. If you don't want to be so rich, there's plenty of people you can give money to, mm-hmm. plenty of organizations you can give money to. Oh, they can give it to the government. And I'm sure they'll take it. if you think you pay too little tax, uh, tax on your tax forms, right there on the front page, if you want to give more taxes, you can write in how much more you want to give. Do me a favor, Gates. Just shut up. Just shut your pie hole. Because... My dad used to tell me, better to make people think you're stupid <laughs> than to mouth. open your mouth and prove it. And you just proved it. I mean, Bill Gates on Tuesday, here's what a quote. He said, I paid too little tax and did not deserve to be so rich. Guess what? I, I can make a, a, 
a logical argument that all of us who live here in the United States, only by the grace of God were we born here. We don't deserve to be born in America, you know? and, and, And to his point... I'm 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 inclined to agree with the guy that he maybe he doesn't deserve all that I don't know but the, but I'm not suggesting that government should take it but th- the fact is that we do have a lot of corporate corruption where they're in bed with the government you can kind of look at it and see some of it down here where you have various different industries that that use the government to to stop their competition or to stifle their competition. And, but I don't think that's what Bill Gates was talking about. I'm assuming it's some other type of vague um, platitude, perhaps. I don't you, know. you know how much he's worth? He's 63 years 60. old. He's worth $96.5 billion. Oh, wow. That's what they're putting okay, it Okay, so how no. about uh, just just hand it out, Bill? Sure. You know, I mean, you can start at A and start sending checks to people all over the world. Yeah, he can, he can send some money to me. And now you feel better about yourself. He can send some money to me, and I can do some, some, some pretty cool research and development on various different things. And, and um, you know, I, I'm sure I can spend it better than he can. Yeah, he said <laughs> that he's, made, uh, he's paid more than $10 billion in taxes, but I should have paid more. No, look, see, that's just crap because all you had to do was tell them you're going to send them more money. Sure, I'm sure they'd accept it. Use it it. as you need to use it. I'm sure they would have accepted it. It's so ridiculous to make these statements, and everybody says, well, listen, even Bill Gates says that he wished that he didn't have so much money. Well, he can give it away. There's a solution to that, although it's probably a little bit... For for him to have a net worth of 90-something billion dollars, that's that's on paper, I'm sure, because to, to be able to actually liquidate that... It probably wouldn't actually come out to ninety billion dollars. I'm assuming it, the company would collapse if he tried to liquidate very much of it. But, um, but yeah, it's. It, I'm sure that government would accept as much as he'd be willing to give them. All right, you, you just got to hear this. I, I I'm reading this as we're talking. <laughs> With his 54 year old wife, he runs the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation which is dedicated to tackling poverty and disease in poor countries. And I don't, I don't say anything bad about him doing that. But you should probably be doing that, to be honest. Although I take on the, the view of, of Anne Ryan, if you want to give your money away, sure. more power to you. But you shouldn't think of somebody as being a less of, a, of a, an individual because they don't give their money away. Gates said, I don't deserve my fortune. Nobody does. It has come through timing, luck, and through people I worked with. I certainly worked hard, and I think software has been a beneficial thing, but I benefit from a a structure, too. I don't think giving the money to my kids would be good for them or good for society. So after whatever consumption I have and after some left aside for the kids and for taxes, the rest of the money goes to the foundation. Melinda and I work hard all the time to make sure that money goes to help those most in need. He said he was in favor of raising inheritance tax. He said in the U.S. parents can leave almost nine million million pounds uh, to their heirs without being subject to tax. Uh, I'm 
might have to find fault with that. I'd have to do some research on it, though. Mr. Gates also supported calls for more clarity about the taxes paid by technology giants so it's easier to see whether the amounts handed over are fair. I'm a big fan of transparency, he said. In terms of corporate tax, if people want to collect more from different types of companies, then we need to change the law. So lead the charge, Bill. And let, let's let's go and and we'll tax your company and foundation at ninety-seven percent. What do you say? Let's just let's go ahead and do that. I this kind of stuff. If you just think about it, and and the ignorance of what has been said, mm-hmm. you know, you turn your back, shake your head, and go, I don't get it, man. You know, he's trying. What he's trying to do is he's trying. He wants you to like him. <laughs> he want, yeah, I understand. I make too much money. Is he doing anything about that? He's got his foundation, yes, but he doesn't. Do, but he still works almost a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. The thing is that if we if we take away people's ability to make large amounts of money, sometimes those people just decide to retire because you know they've got a lot of money already, and to keep them from retiring, you have to offer them a lot of money to keep working. And um, and sometimes their leadership can be incredibly valuable. They can actually improve the lives of a lot of people if they will keep working. And so to to get them to continue to work, sometimes you got to pay them off a lot of money, and it's worth it. Well, maybe if he did like Mr. Penny did, you know, you know Penny's the store, he gave 99 cents of every dollar of profit mm-hmm. to help the poor. I can't find any problem with that. Nope. That that's uh, and he had a gazillion dollars sure. when he died. And the other cool thing about that is you're you're keeping a lot of it out of the government's hands. Oh yeah, it it actually will do some good probably. All right, we've got uh, about 13 minutes at the top of the hour. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. And then when we come back, I'll tell you what the top five wealthiest towns in the United States are. Then we'll get uh, our interviews going with uh, some of the folks, Mickey Gates and and uh, and others, who are going to stop by and talk to us today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Sounds good. Grassroots people are here to see what happens. Uh, let me just give you some of the places that are the wealthiest cities in America. Number one is the home to billionaire Eric Stanberg. Uh, as well, it is America's richest community for the third year in a row. Atherton, California, whose household income averaged $450,696. Wow. Averaged. Wow. Averaged. That's incredible. Uh, Top the Bloomberg Richest Places annual index. Uh, The mayor, Bill uh, Widmer, said the tree-lined streets and lot sizes of at least an acre offer residents privacy with Stanford University, Google, and Facebook all a very short drive away. We value a semi-rural environment, said uh, the mayor. There are few sidewalks, and many places don't even have streetlights. Scarsdale, New York, is number two, (laughs) and it's just north of Manhattan. 
Uh, it just moved up to number two this year. On this year's list, as its residents enjoyed a $30,000 uh, increase on average in annual household income from the prior year. Uh, we moved here, as many did, because of the outstanding school system, said Scarsdale Mayor Dan uh, Hotchford, who's a 40-year resident. That's one of the primary drivers here. Also, accessibility to a city center is also a key characteristic. Uh, Atherton is just a little ways away from San Francisco. Scarsdale, just a little bit away from New York City. Cherry Hills Village, Colorado, number three on the list, is only 15 or 20 minutes uh, uh, from uh, Denver in the city's tech center. Happens to be located kind of beautifully, said Steve Blank, a managing broker at Sotheby's International Realty in Denver. You know you're big time when Sotheby's is your real estate brokers. Good grief. Um, Bold-faced names with homes in Cherry Hills Village include Super Bowl-winning Denver Broncos quarterbacks Peyton Manning and John uh, Elway. More than half the top 100 richest places in America were either in New York or California. And when I say New York, it's New York City, right next to New York City. A handful of Midwest and Southwest areas made the top uh, 20 as well. For the 2019 Bloomberg Richest Places full data set, uh, they just got it all of Highland Park, Illinois. That's only about 30 minutes from where I grew up, but that I was on the wrong side of the <laughs> tracks, okay, just so everybody knows. Uh, it's the 100th town on the list, boosted uh, $209,000 in average household hold annual income last year. Number 100 had $198,000. Four places made their top 100 debut, including two in California. And uh, New York's Long Island and Minnesota. Medina in Minnesota was also a first-timer. So uh, there you have it. You want to know where you need to go with the people who's got money. And if you want to work for them, I'm sure they're hiring. They're raking leaves and stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, you just go to those areas and see if you can't uh, you can't get hooked up. Okay. All right, coming up in the next uh, hour... Uh, Mickey Gates is going to come by. He's state uh, representative out of Hot Springs, Hot Springs area. Uh, also going to join us today, Carlton Wing. Carlton Wing from North Little Rock, and he wants to. He's got something about uh, op, ophthalmologists, I Some, think, or something of that nature. He, uh, he mentioned that. He yeah, was Gates to talk about that. Gates wants to talk about uh, today the expansion of uh, medical conditions that you can get a. A uh, form for for medicinal marijuana was shot down in committee today, so we'll find out uh, what that was all about and why that happened. Four o'clock today, Joe and Duck will be here talk about cars. Five o'clock, State Representative uh, Mary Bentley will be here. She'll talk about uh, the whole thing about uh, this maternal... committee that they want to yeah, have. Yeah, so, so we've got kind of a problem with, with mothers and babies dying in, in um, when they give birth. And um, and so they want to kind of check on that and see why Arkansas is higher than the national average. Well, 
I mean, we're like not, we're we're in the top four, something like that. For for was that we're for in the top four? Is that for the children dying or for the for, that's, the, that's for, for the mothers? That's for the mothers. I can't remember. Yeah, and that, both of them were higher than the average. I think that's uh, that's not good. Uh, and then uh, there's different people that are here today that are going to join us as things happen. The whole thing, uh, convention of the states. That's supposed to still be voted on today. It may have already been voted on. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's going on three o'clock. They said it was supposed to happen. Okay, I just I got so a thumbs Randy up. Said. Randy Alexander just walked by and gave me the thumbs up. That means convention of the states has passed the in the House. Now remember, it's got to go back to the Senate for some amendments. Well, they put they forgot to put um, whoever the sponsor was in the House on the bill. So it's got to go back to the uh, the Senate and be voted on. But I'm going to assume that uh, in the not too distant future will be state number 13. Probably yeah. That got behind convention yeah. of uh, the and, states. And so. Unless the Senate does something and kills it. But yeah, we'll, see, I don't, we'll see what happens. I don't happens see there. that happening. It went through, I, I believe, almost unanimously. I think it was only the, only only Democrats were. that voted against it. it was, none of the Republicans voted against it. So, know that we'll have some of the folks from Convention of the States on, and they're all they're all excited today. They've been they've been working hard on it. They're all excited, man. This is good. Now it's just got to go back, got to go back to the Senate now. Yeah, that's good good thing. So, all right. We'll be back. We'll be back in a few moments. We'll talk about this more on the other side of news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get into uh, the uh, three o'clock hour right now. Pictures being taken on the uh, stairwell leading up to the house because the folks that are here uh, supporting the convention of states are a very happy bunch. They just won, and uh, Arkansas will become the thirteenth state to uh, push forward to convention of states. It looks like Wyoming is looking pretty strong to be the 14th and uh, there's a good possibility there's another five or six out there this year so if that happens you know when once you get past 20 real momentum starts hitting at that point at some point congress congress may actually start acting on some of these issues even. you might see some congressmen and some senators start acting differently they might or, or they might they might even propose some amendments they might even them. propose their own yeah we got we got Mickey Gates here. Good to have him along yep. with this District 22, Garland, Saline County. Is that Correct. what you got? Northern, okay. northern, east, west part of Garland County and the western part of Saline County. Okay, so you were talking. We were talking during the break uh, before we came back, and you said you got more uh, contact on on the convention of states this session than you did. In the previous two sessions. Previous two sessions. You know, as a legislator, people oftentimes get mad at their legislators because we don't respond to their emails or text messages or whatever. As a legislator, it's not uncommon to get 100 to 300 emails a day. So oftentimes at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning is when I'm responding to constituents, which I'm not a spallet. Bottom line is she's never supported me because these are the issues I've always campaigned on. And so, you know, this, uh, it goes next to the governor's desk. The governor, uh, I I haven't heard yet. I'm assuming he's going to assign it. I had heard that he will sign it. 
Governor, yeah. this is on the Good. legislature. Good. Yeah, I think this. Uh, is you know, and I think I think you were right. I think that if enough states, I don't think it will get to the required uh, limit. I think that Congress will say, uh, "Let's propose our own." Yeah. And yeah. if they do, then that would become a moot point as long as they. And I think right now we're in the safest position to change the Constitution. I think it's funny that. Some of the very people now they're saying, no, 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 we can't change the Constitution. They're the ones when the liberal judges rule against us say, well, the Constitution is a fluid. It's a breathing, living document. Wait, if it's living, breathing, don't sometimes you need to resuscitate it and do surgery? Oh, yeah, as long as it's not going to do something we don't like. Yeah, right. And so it's very, very selective. Well, let's talk about some uh, legislation that has been going on uh, during this uh, this session, okay, marijuana has been a huge subject. We had it in a rules committee today. They wanted to expand. I think they wanted to add fifteen new subsets of people that could qualify. Um, you know, and I and I will just tell you, I, having dealt with some of those issues with different people, some family members, I'm going. This is the last thing you would want to do for some of those. Uh, Surgeon General came and spoke uh, and said medically they've proven that uh, on some, well, at least one of the things they're trying to do, that this will actually cause a degeneration, I think, of the liver in one of these that they found. And so the worst thing you could do is have them, you know, uh, using these products. So uh, the committee, it did not get out of committee. It didn't even get a recommendation. Nobody even made a motion to get it passed. So it died in committee. I don't know that he'll bring it back up. I, it's, that's a pretty hard bar to come back from when it, it, you don't even get a motion in a it, second. It, that is tough. It's yeah. tough. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's willing, to, especially at this stage in the game, to say, I mean, you got people that are coming testifying that say, well, I already get the exemption because of my pain or whatever, but, well, why are you here? If we're already right. recognizing yours, and this is going to relieve, but the problem is with the medical marijuana is the reason why there are no studies, credible studies. I'm not talking about the studies done by the proponents and the sellers and the you know producers. Right. I'm talking about medical studies. You would think that we would have some substantial medically recognized studies somewhere in the world that would support you know. Uh, the usage of it, and we just don't have it. That's why there's not a standard. You know, how big is the joint supposed to be? You know, how potent is that? You know, I had a, a, bro- a brother that was a pothead, and you know, there was some pot. You know, you just don't smoke because it's just not worth the money. So right. You, you have to make sure you get the good stuff. Yep. In fact, yep. I think that's what they call it, the good stuff. Yeah, you don't want to buy ditch weed, as no, they used no, to no, say. No, 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 no. And so, you know, <laughs> you you buy by potency, and so right. that's why different stuff say, oh, this is really good stuff. Well, if there's really good stuff, there must be really bad stuff. But there is no standard. There is no government FDA standard by which we judge. So, you know, if a 100-pound person is taking, how much does it need, do they need for a 100-pound versus a 300-pound person? There are no standards. Do you think maybe with medicinal marijuana being passed in so many states now that we might start seeing those kinds of standards? Uh I don't know that we're going to have it because I think the standards are going to probably be pro- proven out to be adverse to theirs uh, because I just don't see that. You know, we look at Colorado who went to medical and then it went to recreational. 
go look at the this the uh, uh, take that away to the under age under the age of 18 usage not of cannabis not of marijuana but of hard drugs has skyrocketed why because it's a gateway drug and so anytime you lower the standard there's a lot of times people won't do it simply because it's against the law and you can't you remove that one standard that one thing that one barrier simply because it's the law now they do and we find they they just can't handle that and that's that's why you know, I've mentored young men for 40 years. I never know who's going to be the alcoholic. I never know who's going to be. So I don't touch alcohol in any form, any fashion, maybe some NyQuil every now and then when I've got a cold or something. But the reason why I don't touch it is not because I believe it's morally wrong or because it's one simple reason. I have too many people looking at my life that it may destroy their lives. And I've never, I've seen it destroy a lot of lives. I've never seen it bless lives. And that's the thing with this. I've seen I've seen marijuana destroy so many lives, either by leading them to other things or just taking away their ambition to where they're happy and content living in literally a storage unit. So what do you think, uh, Representative? I mean, I've talked to the person who got this on the ballot a couple of years ago, and they have told me their uh, polling numbers say that Arkansas is ready to pass recreational marijuana and that they'll have it on the ballot coming up in in 22. What do you think? Uh, that, or pardon hard, me, in 20. It's a hard question. You know, and the, and the problem is, personally, I think it's too easy to change our Constitution in the state. In the federal government, it's next to impossible. In the state, we, we change it every two years. Yeah. It's too easy to get something on. We look at how many people don't even register to vote. Then of those registered to vote, how many vote? And then have those who vote actually know for every measure which they're going to vote. That's called the ignorant vote. Mm-hmm. And you ask them, why are you for that? It's just like you ask the millennials right now. Do you, do you support socialism? Yes. Define socialism. They can't. They can't. They're for it because they have socialist teachers saying this is good. But when you start asking them, do you believe that if you're willing to get up and go to work every day and work hard, that the government should take out of your pocket and give to the guy that was too lazy and wanted to stay up all night playing video games and give him money? Well, no. Then you're not a socialist because socialism believes everything's equal. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is we have people that are not willing to know what the issues are. And it's just like listen to the radio. I have a lot of people that won't listen to the radio. They won't do. They don't do. They don't want any news because it takes too much mental energy to come to a conclusion. Yet, yet they still spend all kinds of time on sports and other things. But when are we going to care? Care enough that it's going to right. The fact is that a lot of us we don't care enough, and so therefore, well, we'll just we'll, we'll study the issues for eh, fifteen or twenty minutes before we right. go to vote. I'm sorry if that's all you do. Stay home. Right. Well, I, I mean, mean, come on. I, to be honest with you, if if it were truly medical marijuana and we were talking about oils and we were talking about we're not talking about smoking, you know, sitting back in a room and just but we're talking about those really. If that's what we were really talking about, I would consider it. But that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about this is a step they've used state after state after state. Well, we, we lower the standard, we lower the standard, and we lower the standard. And at some point, I remember as a kid, if a guy raped a woman, they didn't say, well, you know, when he was a child, they said, oh, 
that wasn't. That, and now it's before we get into whether they're guilty or if not, we have to decide whether or not why he did it. Well, he had a father that hit him one time. or And we're sitting there, wait a second, that wasn't the it question. Doesn't, it doesn't matter It doesn't why. matter. It doesn't it, matter. So almost what like happened? doing an environmental impact study on the guy. Well, yeah, but what's like. happened to the rise of rape? Because we've now stopped exec- we stopped executing justice mm-hmm. and got into a social thing, now it's begun, oh, well, we have to understand why. No, it doesn't matter if he justified it or not. It's a criminal activity that we will not tolerate under any circumstances. That's the point we've got to get back for. You know, it's why I don't like, for instance, I don't want to do a hate crime. When was the I, last time you met I, someone who who is loving who lovingly right. murdered someone else? Well, that's the deal. If I've got a black guy right next to me and I go after him because I'm black and I'm a racist, is the result different? Any less if I kill him versus killing the white guy, bald-headed guy, mm-hmm. right across from me? Is the result to their families any less? Is the hurt any less? No. It's not. What about if I my my dad is ninety, fixing to turn ninety one. If somebody killed him. Is the hurt any less or any more savage because he was 91 as to somebody who's 21? Mm -hmm. It it is not. Because why? Because we revere and honor all life. Life. That's exactly right. Whether it's black, whether it's bald, whether it's hairy, (laughs) whether it's not that, whether it's the mentally mentally challenged like myself, we we honor life. And that's the phone call I got from the lady yesterday wanted me to vote against uh, uh, Rayford's bill. It was she called. I think she heard oh, y'all on the oh, radio because it was right on right after y'all spoke. Yeah. And she called me. I took her call, and she said, "I'm calling, asking you to oppose it." I said, I, "I'm just letting you know now. I will be voting in favor of it." Yeah. And so your position is we don't kill children, uh, and that's the deal. Is <laughs> what about women? well? I didn't get to that because right. she told me how she would never support me never and then she hung up on me she has every right to do that mm-hmm. but then she would be very aggravated me with me if i said look you're a baby killer don't ever call me again and hung up on her mm-hmm. well the truth is while legally i'm her representative i know i don't represent her viewpoints right but last time i checked i got 65 percent of the vote and i have been unapologetically very vocal in defending life yeah and you're i said not now not tomorrow, not ever will I ever negotiate life. Because if I negotiate life, I'll negotiate freedoms, and I'll negotiate our pursuit well, of happiness. That's, that's, and generally speaking, even liberty, that's a part of life. It is a, Everything we do down here should be life issues. Well, people don't realize the Founding Fathers... They dealt with abortion because abortion is an old, old industry. When our founding fathers said life, they were talking to abortionists. They said there are no liberties if we've killed them. So first and foremost is the right to life. You go back and look at, I think it was Black's, um, is it Black's Law Dictionary? Or or is it, who was it that did the... um the commentaries on the English English law was yeah, it, it was blacks. was it black yeah, yeah. and so uh, he recognized there, there was actually laws in England that outlawed abortion it, it wasn't legal then it wasn't treated exactly the same as walking up and murdering your neighbor but it was still illegal it was a, a somewhat lesser crime but it was still a crime they recognized it as as a crime right you know now we we have governors saying it's okay to execute the baby that accidentally was born alive. Yeah. We, we accidentally didn't kill you and now we got now we got to make sure it's done. You know, what we need to do as a society is we need to at that point 
I have lost a sense of civility that I once adhere to. I think that's just when we stand up and say, that is barbarism. You want to know what barbarism is? You look at the governor, and that is a of barbaric Virginia, man. Yep. When you can kill, purposely terminate a life, you're our barbarian. When you, yeah. when you do things to children that you would go to prison for if you did it to a puppy, yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's insane. All right, we got to get a break in here, Paul. Let's do that. Yes, sir. Let me remind everybody about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. We're going to come back and talk further with Mickey Gates, state representative from the Saline County and Garland County areas, District 22. Know that all the cars and trucks that uh, you've ever owned reach the end of their life for one of two reasons. Either they're worn out, like mine usually are. I drive the wheels <laughs> off of them. Or they've gotten totaled in an accident. And at Sunny's, what they do is they take that second kind of car, strip of it of, of, of all of its usable parts, test them, make sure they still work and work well, and they'll sell it to you to uh, you know replace parts on your automobile. I've bought two motors from Sunny's. I've bought a transmission. I've bought a lot of other stuff from Sunny's because I don't like having a car payment. So I just keep the one that I've got and keep it running and running well. You can do the same with your car as well by just calling 982-7451. 982-7451. That's Sunny's Auto Salvage. Yeah, we've got about five minutes to get to the bottom of the hour. We've got Carlton Wing coming up in the next half hour. Give him some time to talk about something he's wanting to do about uh, optometrists that, uh, there's a, um, that he's got. I see some other people that are out and about now. I see Representative Sullivan's behind us right now. But uh, I asked Stephen Meeks to stop by today and talk to us and talk a little bit about the Convention of States because I knew it was going to be voted on today. If you hadn't heard us going into the top of the hour, it has been voted on. It has passed yes. in the House. Now, because of a kind of weird thing that happened that the, co- the sponsor of the bill from the House didn't get their name on the on the, uh, the legislation, it's got to go back over to the Senate now and mm-hmm. be revoted. That's no big deal. I'm telling you right now, it's not like they're going to suddenly vote against it. Uh, and, and they would just be adopting the amendment. So yes. they're actually not a, voting on the substance of the bill. Again. Right. So the bottom line is this. The governor does not have to sign nope. this. This is a whole legislative decision between the House and the Senate, and they have decided to become the 13th state in the union. So with, with that with that thought in, in mind, what was it like in the chamber? Was it... Was it uh, Intense? Sure, yeah. Um, obviously, this is a uh, uh, very emotional subject because of, uh, you know, we're talking about our Constitution. Uh, those who generally are opposed to it are afraid of things like runaway conventions, of, of uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about, you know, the Koch brothers or the George Soros of the world are going to take it over, things like that. Um, and uh, so extremely emotional and, and you know folks can go back and watch the the video of the debate but uh, I went down and I talked about the fear factor that um, you know a lot of people who are opposed to this are opposed because they love the Constitution so much they don't want to see it changed and to me that is uh, a sign that we should put faith that this is going to play out right because in order for an amendment to take even if there is a runaway constitutional convention which if it was runaway it would become illegitimate because the constitution does not allow for other constitutional That's conventions um, but let's say they, they come up with some weird amendment that they're going to do away with gun rights or, or whatever 
regardless of what they come up with, they are nowhere near the final say. It has to get the approval of 35 state legislative bodies, which means it has to get through 70 different legislative bodies. There are 99 legislative bodies in the state. Uh, Nebraska's Unicarmel, uh, which is why there's not 100. Uh, and, but 70 of them have got at least to approve it. And, I mean, do we really think that 70 legislatures across the state are going to trash the Constitution? The Constitution? It's not going to happen. I have faith in the American people that they will do the right thing. And, and, and if we've come to the place where... You know, we believe that 70 of the legislative bodies are going to trash the Constitution or do away with the Constitution. Then in my mind, the Constitution's already lost. And you can't even touch the Bill of Rights. No. No, because that's uh, some of the states. So that takes away that Second Amendment yeah. argument right off the bat. Yeah. Stay right where you're at, Steve, and we're going to take a break for news. We'll come back. We'll talk a few more minutes, and then we'll get uh, uh, Mr. Wing in here to talk with us as well. It's... Uh, the third floor of the uh, Capitol on the House side. That's where we're located. We'll be back to talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we've been talking here why we are here in the state capitol when it's 61 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't be here right now, guys. Uh, state Representative Stephen Meeks is here. Uh, in just a moment, we got State Representative Wing. Uh, Carlton Wing is going to join us, and we're going to talk with him, too. Let me finish up with, uh, with uh, Stephen here. And... Uh, so you're happy with the way things went on the Convention of States? Very happy, yep. Um, two uh, sessions ago, we passed it in the House. It failed in the Senate. Last session, it was the reverse. It got through the Senate and not through the House. This time, we got it through both bodies, and uh, it'll be heading off to Congress here soon. Okay, so this is sent to Congress. Who in Congress gets this stuff and is supposed to be watching it? Uh, I guess it's the, the one of the clerks or something up there. They get it, and they're supposed to compile it and keep track of all of it, and... Uh, we got actually. I got. I saw a list of all the other uh, conventions that uh, Arkansas has called for over the years, and that's kind of interesting to go back and look through our history. Della Rosa has actually got a bill to yeah. to delete those right. previous calls because there's right. a kind of a, a weird mix of them. I yeah. guess they're kind of a long history. Yeah. Of and, and that's and, and that's in that bill. Uh, it failed, so it's done. It, oh, it did, uh, yeah, okay. it didn't make it out of committee today. Okay. So, well, I would have gone along with that. You know, I I got really excited if you yeah. guys had been getting rid of bills instead right. of filing bills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You no, we, well, you know, to that point, we have actually repealed a lot of laws. You know, this summer we got rid of some 800 yeah. or so rules and regulations on the Arkansas books. And this session, as an outflow of that, we have repealed numerous laws. And, uh, far, you know, that's going to continue. That's good. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. So let's, let's, get good. Some, let's get some gun laws deleted. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let me move on. You, you're putting forth a constitutional amendment. Yeah. First of all, how do you do that? Is this got to go before the people of the state to vote on? Is that what you're asking here? Eventually. So for a uh, representative or senator to file a constitution, it's basically you get a bill drafted up, um, but it's called a resolution, and you file it just like you would normally uh, a uh, bill. And then uh, all the constitutional amendments are then kind of put together, and at some point the state agencies, committees on both ends of the, the uh, building here are going to look at those. Uh, each one of us, I don't know how many have been filed, but we'll uh, – make our pitch that, hey, ours is one of the three that should go out. Mm-hmm. They'll whittle it down to three, and uh, then it goes out to the to the people. Okay, so uh, let's talk about yours, because so, yours is a good one, because yes. it gets rid of taxes. I yes. like that. Uh, it, it's a long shot, but uh, before I was elected, one of the things I said that I wanted to try to do after I got elected was to do away with personal property tax. The, uh, you know, the annoying thing that all Arkansans have to do every year, we have to go get our vehicles assessed, and then uh, take that assessment, 
and pay our personal property taxes. And so every year we're paying taxes on the vehicle over and over and over and over again. And um, so when I originally looked at doing this, I was surprised at how extremely complicated it is and how actually how much it, it's uh, entangled within the state's constitution. So it's not a real easy lift. And um, and I had looked at, well, how could we do this? It generates about $250 million. So, I mean, it's, it's a fairly large impact. And most of that money goes to schools, cities, and counties. Uh, you know, how do we do this and, and try to help keep them whole? And I decided this term, that maybe I was overthinking it. And so what I've done is I filed a constitutional amendment that would give the General Assembly the flexibility and the authority to, over time, to phase it out. So that the uh, you know we could work out the, all the details going forward, so it could be ten so, years. Like the food tax, yeah, so, kind of so, like the food tax. Is that going to open up the possibility of them actually increasing it? No, or does it only phase? No, no. It only goes well, down. Right when, when uh, you know some of the details that we that I'll have to work out uh, and to uh, put into the bill are, um, you know, does it stay uniform? Or can we exempt one person, you know, exempt, say, certain, personal certain, certain, segments. Cer- certain segments and then add to those segments over time mm-hmm. to do away with it? Um, or does it need to be uniform? All segments drop equal. You know, those are things that we'll mm-hmm. have to work out. Um, but, yes, part of the protection would be that we're not going to be raising it. We're, the, the well, goal $250 is, million, dollars, that, that ought to be – isn't the budget raising that much this year? Uh some, yeah, it's probably around those lines. So we just just make it a, so, a revenue neutral budget then, right? Yeah. And and, well, 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 we can't because it's constitu- the constitution right, right, says right, we right. have to do it. Oh, but okay. eventually, uh, okay. yes, eventually we could um, pay for this with state surpluses as the economy grows. And, and you know, you know, me personally, if it meant that I had to pay an extra, you know, half a cent. Every year, I don't know what the what the relationship is. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't even be that, but uh, you know, a tenth of a penny. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather pay income taxes. Yeah, than, or an than, income tax than, than um, to offset it. Yeah. I would be willing to do that, mm-hmm. and I think most Arkansans would be willing to do that in order to do away with that that headache that we have to go through every year. All right, uh, so we'll we'll put it out there and see what happens. All right, so let me let me bring both of you into the conversation just for a minute. How what is the feeling in this, the uh, the state house right now for the governor's highway bill. Uh, very mixed. Um, I'll, I'll speak for my point, and then I'll let my colleague yeah, kind of go for so. his. But but I think it's because I've heard that it's not going to be smooth rolling no, for the governor. No. Um, I am. Uh, th- there's actually two competing uh, bills out there right now, or two competing ideas out there right now. Uh, Dan Representative Dan Douglas um, is pushing one, and he's been working on this for years. And then there's the governor's uh, version uh, of the two. I like Representative Douglas's version better. Um, uh, you know, just personal preference. The uh, some of the things that are, are uh, the governor's bill is looking to do, I think, wants to push the can down the road a little bit. Um, obviously, we need to do something. It's just a matter of what that something is. I, I think Dan's is, the, for me personally, I think Dan's is the better choice right now. But uh, I'm still. And the two components of Dan's mm-hmm. are. Um, the, uh, the the first component is um, a tax increase. I think it's like three cents on, on uh, gas. gas and six cents on diesel on the wholesale. Uh, on the wholesale, and then uh, the other component. Uh, you know, the, is that the extension of the, or that's part of the governor's? That's part of the governor's. Is, is the, the extension, extension of the half cent. So you can see how confusing. Yeah. That's why the yeah. reaction's so mixed on this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, there's a lot to sort out. Okay. Now the governor says he wants the people to vote. On a tax right. increase, uh, I've heard many from the House say they want 
you all to vote on it. That yeah. you were sent here to take care of this, mm-hmm. and you want to take care of it. Yeah. Where do you guys stand on that? Uh, me personally, you know, the the state constitution essentially says that if it's something that we can decide, that we need to decide it, and so I'm kind of of that mind. Oh, I'm the same way, and, and that was one of the problems with last time when we were here two years ago talking about this. The big push was to refer it to the voters, and that would put it on the 2018 ballot. We were discussing this in early 2017. Now, none of the polls at that time showed that it would even pass. Uh, the, the highest polls showed that it had 48.5% of the voters, and there's not a single district in Arkansas where that wins an election. You still right. have to have 50 plus right. one. And so, but then also on that same survey was a uh, was asking the po- voters, would you vote for a 10 cent hike retail at the pump? What was going to be referred was a six percent wholesale, a six cent wholesale. Mm-hmm. You, that's essentially the same question. Mm-hmm. And when it was asked in that way, a price at the pump, it was like eleven to fourteen percent. So the actual number was somewhere between forty-eight and a half and eleven or fourteen. You pick a midpoint there, you don't win it. And here's the here, this was the big cost. You refer that to the voters. You're talking a year and a half year later. 18 months down the road, it gets shot down by the voters. Now you're two years down the road still with no plan in place. So I think the voters sent us here to try to solve these problems right here and right now as best we can. Right. And and the on, on the, the wholesale, um, I mean, I'm probably parsing language here, but um, that is actually not a tax increase. There's actually an exemption there that um, is in place. And what we would be doing is we would be doing away with that exemption net effect as the tax would go up. So we were, we're not actually technically increasing taxes. We're eliminating a exemption. Okay. All right. Well, Stephen, thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Thank I'm you for having me. I want to talk for a few moments here with the other state representative. He's got a piece of legislation going on. Appreciate you coming by. Thanks so much. Anytime. All right. Stephen Meeks, I'm going to let him move on. And Carlton Wing is with us. I hear that you got something going on with optometrists. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, I'm not sponsoring that bill, but the House of Representatives is going to have that front and center, okay. I believe, next week is when that's going to hit. That's part of the scope of practice week that will start in public health committee. Okay, so explain what what this all does. Well, scope of practice is a, is a separate uh, division within the bills that are filed. And what that does, it allows certain groups to be able to do more than what they have previously been licensed to do. And so the optometrists are seeking the opportunity to be able to perform five procedures, five minor procedures that currently with Arkansas code, they're not allowed to do, but they are trained to do that in their optometry schools. I'm giving away my position. Okay. Here, so, so if I can, <laughs> if I can stop you, just a moment. this is going back to the dentist who wanted to clean teeth, but they told him he couldn't clean teeth because he was too smart to clean teeth, basically. Well, it could, it is could, that kind of what that it, was it, all about? It might be. In this case, the optometrist was trying to step into some territory that traditionally has been held for the ophthalmologist. Okay, there we go. That's and, what I'm and saying. So that's so you're, you're you're carving out some new territory in there, and so it's a it, it's going into the public health committee. They'll they'll be discussing that. They're seeking the ability to do five more procedures that, like I said, they've been trained to do. They can do in other states. Oklahoma has been doing this for 20 years. And has, has done very well with that. And so we've got a case study. Uh, Louisiana's been doing it. Kentucky has been doing it as well. Alaska, I believe, just passed a bill, I think, this year or last year uh, to do something similar. So, But that's that's something that really, uh, now that we've got conventions of states out of the way, uh, that'll start taking up most of the oxygen in the room. So it's, okay. so it's a little bit more liberty. They're putting one or two more links in the wall and chain. 
Well, this is this is actually taking taking a couple of links out. I mean, I, well, I guess depending on where the metaphor the, 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 is, if it's the, a shortened the, chain. A longer, <laughs> it's a longer chain. They got a little more. Lo- that's little, it. That's, little that's more, right. Little little more little more yeah. I'm with you on the metaphor yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Freedom. So yeah, longer chain. The, longer the, chain. the optometrists now are going to be able to do more. Why this is important is especially for people in rural Arkansas. Yeah. You've got you've got your care center is going to be closer mm-hmm. to where you are, you and, and the type, yeah, and the, and the types of procedures that we're doing. This is not surgery into the eye. This is like um, the skin. What do they call them? Skin bumps. You know that you'll oh, get, okay. and just a little taking those those things the tag. off. Yes, the skin tags. Yes, and those kinds of things that are very simple to do. These these uh, optometrists are trained to do that. They that's what they want the ability to do. And these kinds of procedures are the kinds of things that people aren't going to drive. 60, 90 miles to go to uh, an ophthalmologist mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Unless they're trying to be a supermodel or something like that. that that's true. Yeah. So here, here's the case. <laughs> it sounds like to me the ophthalmologists are afraid they're going to lose some business. That would be what we, thinking fiscally, might say. But what they are saying, the, the arguments that I have heard from the ophthalmologist is this, that they're concerned about the public health. Okay, and so and they've really not mentioned much on the business side. Now I don't know if it's a cover or not, but they're they're saying it's a public health issue. So I've I've talked to ophthalmologists and optometrists. I've spoken with many folks all around, in and around this issue. We have a great case study of what's been going on in Oklahoma, and it's been working well in Oklahoma. And another part of this is that the malpractice insurance rates for optometrists and ophthalmologists in Oklahoma the same. You know those actuaries who are not political in any way. They're studying numbers. If there was a greater risk with optometry doing this, they would be paying higher rates in their malpractice insurance, and they're not. All right. I've got a caller. He'd like to ask you a question about the highway bill. Are you willing to take it? Sure, yeah. Let's talk to Jim. Jim, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. You've got Carlton Wing, state representative, on the phone with you. What's your question? Uh, yes, sir. I just wanted to bring up the situation. I, I'm understanding the fuel tax increase and stuff like that. We haven't had one since near about back when Huckabee uh, made a promise that he was going to connect the south with the north part of the state. And they've done some work on it, but they're seriously behind. They just they really haven't got it done, but uh, we need to finish that up. But my biggest thing is, is I don't want that bridge to nowhere in the middle of 30 to be a part of this situation until the intersection interchange between 40, 167, and 30 is addressed, as well as the same one on the south end of the state, uh, there or the city there, uh, 530, 440, and 30. If you don't fix those interchanges, you cannot put an eight-lane bridge over that river down by Verizon Arena. And I will fight you tooth and nail on it until it's done correctly. I'll hang up and listen to a comment. All right, Jim. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And this is something that affects uh, your area as well when you start talking about I-30. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I live in North Little Rock. I can uh, I can get to the Capitol here in about 10 minutes uh, in no traffic situations. Uh, I, I do rely on that bridge. I jokingly said last time I was on the air here that I'd like to just pave that uh, with about 20 or 30 lanes all the way across. Let's just go all the way from Broadway to I-30. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's uh, everything costs money. Uh, everything has to be studied and uh, uh, and one of the things that you get into when you start dealing with highways 
is everybody in their part of the state wants to make sure they're taken care of. That's right. And so if we spend all this money on one section of the state and, and folks in, in section that just got ignored, they'll be unhappy. So we've got to find an equitable solution. All right. We appreciate you coming by. Hey, thank you. All right. We'll have you back on again when you start next week fighting between uh, all the eye doctors. <laughs> oh, it'll be fun. All yeah. right. Food yeah. fight. All right. <laughs> we look forward to it. Thanks so much for coming by and thank visiting you. with us. Let's get a break in here. Uh, I want to remind you about Applied Research of Arkansas. Uh, they got all kinds of clinical studies going. They could use you in one of them. Uh, one of the ones that they have going is about warts, and they're ready to take action. If you'd like to get rid of warts, perhaps that you have, uh, you'll get uh, free study-related care and medication as well as compensation for time and travel. Apply online right now, arcarkansas.com, or call them, 501-954-7822. All right, we're back with you. We're down to about six minutes uh, left here. A lot of interesting discussions. Uh, I know that Stephen Meeks and... And uh, Carlton Wing were not expecting me to start asking them what they thought about the governor's highway bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I, you've heard it's, as well as I've heard relevant. that what's going on in the state house right now is th- there's a war going on in the state house. I mean, it's not there's not fists being thrown or anything like that. But the governor, I don't believe, can pass his highway bill right now. Well, that, I'm, I'm, it wouldn't hurt my feelings too much. But I'm just saying. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. Ru- Lauren uh, Rushing brought that up. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, that was she about. That up? was about the the just the tax cut. Yeah, Lauren Rushing was, and 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 so we've got. And all I asked was just a simple, inconsequential question, and it was a simple one: Are the people who are members or that are maybe a little bit more conservative leaning and don't want more taxes and things of that nature are are they understanding that the governor is basically be, is moving into a lame deck governorship and they don't have to worry about him throwing um, a monkey wrench in some of their, their bills that they want or their elections or the elections or, uh, and things I, of that nature i, I, I don't know I, I don't know where where some of their motivation lies, but I would like to see some of the legislators get a spine. Let's do some big things. You know, we, we see um, that Cortez chick there in Washington that that she just came out with this gigantic proposal. I want to see some Republicans come up with some gigantic proposals in the other direction. Can we find some Republicans who have a spine that will actually suggest cutting government in big ways? Not teeny tiny half percent cuts. I want to see big percent percentage cuts. Can we see at least a, a 25% cut or a 50% cut in government? It was it was too big back when the government was a, 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 was 20% of what it is now. Can we cut a fifth of it? Is that so unreasonable? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, government. We're going to see. Since, since was it was, was a Huckab- when Huckabee was in, was it about a billion dollars for the state budget, and now it's about five? When I got here in 2000, when uh, a 500 percent increase. Right at that point, we crossed the one billion dollar threshold. Wow. So, so that's, since that time, we've had about a five seventeen years. You've uh, increased its spending by four and a half billion dollars, and that's not including pass through money. From the government, right, which which puts it up close to thirty billion. I think that's but, correct. But so, so, so we've had an increase of of probably over five hundred percent, or or four hundred and something percent, um, 
450% or so since Huckabee. It was too big when Huckabee was here. Why is it that we can't cut it by some 10, 15, 20%? And we still wouldn't be anywhere close to where we need to be, but it's a start. That's where I talked with uh, Jeremy Hopenthal uh, over at Acre. Mm -hmm. And I bring up uh, those exact arguments. It seems like to me what, what, uh, what has gotten better with the state government that we It, it can be if you don't pay real close attention, don't do it right, and you can hurt the engine more than you can help it. Really, yep. seafoam is, is pretty safe deal right there. So you just add it right to the oil and, and read the instructions on a can, and it'll tell you how to, how much to put in there for how many quart engine right. it is, and mm-hmm. then it'll tell you the procedure for you know draining it and mm-hmm. all that. So, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Very informative. I think yeah. you'll be lucky to do it that way and get out of it yeah but, you know. no, I, I was scared when that oil pressure was down mm-hmm. and i could hear the ticking and yeah and the, and the light came and the idiot light came on and yeah. like and i and i'm i was i was, that's, up, that's I was up only an idiot light if, if you don't shut it off when that's it comes right off. <laughs> well and the thing is i just got i got kind of desperate because i had to get out of there yeah and so i was i was kind of on the side of a hill somewhere i couldn't leave the thing mm-hmm. and so i just decided to a chance that I drove the thing and oil pressure came up after I drove it. Yeah, probably what you yards. did when you pulled over and stopped, let it all settle it fell back. Off, fell off of the strainer. Yeah. Maybe so. Well, actually, it it was still not showing oil pressure when I drove off with the thing. And after about maybe three or 400 yards, it, I don't know if it sucked the crud through it or what, but it, it started giving me oil pressure and I made it, made it home. Well, it could be the sludge build up in the top. You can pump it all out of the pan and run up the top and it can't run well, back. It'd cavitate. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, that's, I, didn't, so, I hadn't thought about that. So it might have just sat in there and, and yeah, it drained it, back down. If it, down could, if it down couldn't enough, come yeah. back down, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that idea, mm-hmm. but it was real sludgy in the bottom when I pulled the pan. So. Well, if it's sludgy in the bottom, it's real sludgy in the top. Yeah, so it's going to. There's more heat on the, on, on the top right, of the head than there it, is in the bottom of the pan. Would, yeah. it, would it make any sense to run a thinner oil or something like that, or is just the seafoam probably the. Clean it with the seafoam. And you've already cleaned the pan out, clean with the seafoam, and, and do it that way. That's what I do. Change it frequently. Yep. Yeah, after about three oil changes, then pull the pan back off. And take a look at it. Yeah. No, clean it back out. No, you have it to again. clean it. It'll, yeah, it'll be built be up in there again. And it'll give you a guide to how much, how many more times you got to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad, nasty. I don't think I've ever seen one like that before. I pulled one off one time on an old 350 Chevrolet. Pulled the valve covers off. You could not see the valve springs of the rockers. Ooh. That's correct. It was rounded, just like the valve cover was when Molded. I pulled the valve cover. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was like like Vaseline in there. Mm-hmm. She, like she said, "This thing smokes like real actual bad. grease. <laughs> like actual. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's smoking. 
Why is it smoking? So, well, I actually took a hammer and a chisel and beat it off so I can get to the rock hard. So the it, rock was, hard. it was hardened. Like, oh, yeah. It was like, uh, what do they call well, it? Like the thing had 80-something thousand miles, and it had two oil changes in its whole life. Hmm. Yeah, we've seen them where they come in before, and you'll go to pour oil in them. Mm-hmm. It won't go in. Yeah, you think, wow. what's wrong? Stick your finger down the hole. Uh, That's it. It stopped up, and you're pouring wow. it in quicker, and it drained down the motor. Wow. So it just backs up. All right. You, you we'll know, come, we'll come self-explanatory. Back. we got to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk more about why oil changes are important. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show live from uh, the uh, – House side of the Capitol. We're on the third floor. House side and Duck and Joe are here. They'll take your calls, 823-0965, 823-0965. Let's take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. All right, back with you on the uh, third floor, House side, State Capitol. Uh, the politicians have gone off to dinner and whatever else that they're, they're doing. And, they didn't uh, bother taking talking. you? Oh, no, they didn't take us. By the way, you may not have heard this, but the uh, uh, the thing of getting uh, what was it, the states thing? Convention, Convention states. of states passed today on the high house side. So we are the thirteenth state calling for a convention of states. This is a good thing. It's good. It worked. Yeah, it's good. Glad it happened. There can may you, be. Can you many. get us a law passed? We can chain these to the telephone poles. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> with the problem you're having over at your place. Yeah, I just want to chain them to the telephone pole. I'll feed them. <laughs> <laughs> i give them a five-gallon bucket set on even. There you go. You set it all up for them. All right, so let's talk about oil changes, guys. Uh, we just heard the story that Paul was talking about. Evidently, he bought a used car, and whoever had it before him, sounds like he wasn't taking real good care of maintenance and things of that nature. I mean, bottom line is that, that old commercial still rings true. Pay me now or pay me later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's called oil can, oil can maintenance day. Okay. <laughs> what my daddy used to always tell me. If you can't afford to do the oil can maintenance on it, you can't afford to fix it when it goes down. Can't afford to buy a car, maybe, <laughs> if you can't well, take you, care of that. Dave, you know how much you spend on a motor. Yeah. All right, now, you take that. Let's just say if you put a used engine in like you did and did the same thing for him, it's going to be about three to $3,500, $4,000. Yeah. Now, how many oil changes can you do for that? A lot. So if you, and That's you, need, you need to do them anyway. Well, you have to do them. Otherwise, you're not going to get it to last, period. So. Yeah, take $3,500 and, di- and divide it by 50. Well, let's just say 5000 divided by 50. Yeah. There you go. That's simple math. You can get a lot of oil changes in yeah, there. Yeah, a whole lot of oil changes. And if you yeah, do those you oil can, changes, you probably won't be replacing that engine. And you can get oil change nowadays for $60 anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or less. Yeah. Or a vehicle like this really isn't even that much, unless you're running full synthetic or something yeah. like that. But what do you all think about some of these newer synthetic oils that claim like fifteen or 20,000 miles between changes? The oil will probably make it, but the filter won't. The filter That's will it. bog up. So just you think it would be okay, but change the filter a little more often? Well, there, there's there's a lot to be said about that when they say annual oil changes. You know, if, if you if, if you drive a vehicle ten thousand miles a year, you could probably do that. Mm-hmm. If you drive a vehicle thirty thousand miles a year, you ain't gonna be able to do that. Mm-mm. They don't make oil last that long. I, I don't care who makes it. I've never seen it. How about you, Doug? Nope. I've never seen so, it. So, you know, your annual oil change is, is based on really and truly how many uh, miles you're going to yeah, drive. The kind of miles and and then you got something like zero thirty weight that, yeah. you know, you know, 
it, that oil is, is manufactured. I mean, it's it's fully a synthetic oil, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I just can't see where it would last thirty thousand miles. And and I, I think they're going to tell you to bring it in and service the you know change the filter on it and then retop it off. And and if you're going to do that, why don't you just change it? Mm-hmm. If you're going to take the time to do that, you know. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, you know it's fine, but I ain't doing it to my truck. <laughs> but but even a, a fully synthetic oil, you can still get it serviced for sixty dollars. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right because you know, know I do them. I do them all the the sheriff's departments, and they're sixty two dollars for full synthetic oil. Mm-hmm. If you don't get into seven, eight, or nine quarts or yeah. something like that, yeah. you can do it. You know, six quarts or less for less than seventy dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. and put a quality oil filter on. So do you go ahead and run on it longer intervals when they have synthetic in them? Usually run them somewhere between six and ten thousand, depending on what it is. Yeah. I trip my. I don't ever put a sticker on mine. I trip it, put it back to a hundred percent, and when it goes, when it gets down to ten percent, it sends, it you know, turns it on on oh, the dash. Well, when you have a yeah, I don't, I don't ever even put a sticker on it, and it, I can't even tell you how many miles I drive it. Just when it comes up on the dash, I service it. Okay. The whole life monitoring systems are fantastic. They're great. They're calculated values off engine RPM, hours on the engine, miles driven, everything, how long it sets in miles, the whole nine yards. But all that's based off of if you put the proper oil in it that it was born with. Yep. So it doesn't it doesn't actually check the oil itself. It's no, no, no. Just a, it, it's it's monitoring sort of. how much it's and how it's Being used, how you drive it, how hard you accelerate. So you gotta, and it calculates that value, and it's a good system. Wow. But you have to go back to put the oil it was born with in it. If it's a and synthetic, a put it in. If it's a synthetic blend, put it in there, and a good quality filter. <coughs> I had put a guy, cheap filter on it. I had a guy the other day told me, Joe, he said, man, I changed my oil going down the road. Hmm. How did we do this? I, I want to learn this trick. Huh? Yeah. Right, right. And he said, well, it come up on a day. I said it was, you know, need he oil reset it. He said, I just brought it down there and hit the button. He said, didn't I change oil? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you'll, you'll, you'll. this was a brand new truck. Yeah. How many times has she done the, that? Was she the brother of? Ocasio Cortez. Cortez. Yeah. Yeah, well, if, if that's the case, you don't even need a car. <laughs> Let's take a break. we got to get a break here. We'll be back with more on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, we're here for the uh, 92nd uh, General Assembly. Joe and Duck are here. We'll talk more cars when we come back in a moment. Cars when we come back. <laughs> All right, we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's who I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at. You heard that joke, that story before. Okay, anyway. Yeah, let's not tell it again. We no, get in we trouble. Won't. No, I would get in trouble. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is, is that, well, let's talk car dealers. Everett bought out somebody. Who did they buy out? Landers Ford, Benton. Okay. All right. Turn me up just a little bit, Dave. And what, on your headset? Yeah, I just barely can't hear you. Okay, about there. Uh, that good? <laughs> I think it's a retailer's That's good right he, there. Yeah, he sat down and he, he used to look pointing at his headset and then turn it down. I just uh, kept turning it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started throwing my phone at him. <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, Landers Ford got bought out by Everett. They're going to own all of those dealerships down They right own there. Chevrolet and Ford and GM now. Wow. And the other ones, it's in the talk. The other one's a big owned, so. That's amazing. Who would have thought that Landers would slowly disappear? When I got here 18 years ago. Yeah, but when you got here, Steve Landers. That's true. And I, I'm going to tell you what, I've had Steve Landers on a couple of times here in the last couple of years. 
And the dude is the most astute person I know as a businessman I've ever met. Yes, sir. He's really, really something else. And Dave, he started from a, a little old bitty building. Ain't much bigger than where we're sitting. I know, I know. I <laughs> he told the story. It was it's an incredible story about him. Started I mean, buying and selling used cars wholesale. He's been like the uh, for Dodge. He was like the number one seller worldwide at one time here for years. In, in Little Rock. That's yep, amazing. Years. Yeah, but you know he built all that down there at Alcoa Exit, and you know and. Uh, he bought it from Thomas Auto, which was about to go under, and and you know, look where it is today. Well, that's what they say: buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he what, did. That's what that's all about. Well, you know, he. I guess it's uh, his sons are are taking over what dealerships they're up they in have. Heber Springs now. Oh, they went to Heber. Yeah, they own Cowboy uh, Chevrolet and uh, something else up in Heber. Red River. No, the Red River's still owned by the by the three guys, but they own they bought Cowboy, Chevrolet, GMC, and something else up there. I don't know exactly what it is, but because I see there's one of their sons rides around in a Cowboy truck here in Benton. So here's my question: Does that mean that they saw that this part of Central Arkansas was there were too many car dealerships, and so they've gone somewhere where there's not as many, less competition? I mean, let's well, face it. You got McClarty now. Yep. You've got uh, you had Landers. Yeah, you but have look how much McClarty owns though. I know a lot. Yeah. And then you've got uh, a Crane. Crane owns several dealerships. Yep. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, and there again, Steve Landers went from nothing to where he. Baron, if he ain't real careful. Wow, that's pretty serious. There, there are no tours for that. <laughs> but. You know, that ain't nothing for them to be a five, $600 oil change. Oh, wow. Did you hear what they're considering to do on wholesale level for gas and diesel? They're going to give it to us free? Uh, mm. You could only wish. <laughs> uh, I thought I'd ask. 3% tax, uh, 3% tax on on gas and 6.5% increase on diesel. I got a question. I've read in the paper last night talking about the highway funds. Mm-hmm. Did we not about ten or twelve years ago pass a sales tax for that? Little little bit before then, last big tax increase was under Huckabee. There was, but there's there was a half a half percent tax. Not too long ago, yeah. Was, maybe but that it's it, that's ready to stop now. Was it? So they're asking you to mm, pony continue up again, with, huh? with it. I don't have no problem with that. Just don't put no more on me. Mm. You forget that. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, they're jumping off this building. And that's why we, we were talking about it a minute ago with some folks from the House. And it's something that, that Paul and I have been hearing more and more, a lot of discontent in the Republican Party about the governor's highway plans. So we'll have to see how it goes. I, I agree. They need to do some more work to them. But, I, you know... Maybe they can quit wasting money somewhere else. When they just keep wasting so much money somewhere else, can we reorganize and and, and, and fix what they need to fix without wasting it other places? Well, let's we'll come back talk uh, more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's do that when we come back from these. All right, so a question for me, Joe. I just had that uh, engine yeah. uh, put into my uh, SUV. Does do do we have the VIN number for that so that when I come in to get the oil change you'll know what kind of oil has been used in it? I don't know anyway. 
because yeah. yours is uh, what yours is 08? 08, yeah. 08. You can only put 07, 08 motor in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I think it'd fit. Uh, yeah, 9, 10, they changed them a little bit. Now you could, uh, but it'll be fine, Dave, because we're being uh, the range there where it's born, knowing what it's born with, we know that. Okay. So it'll yeah. be good. We'll just take care of it. Just want to make sure. Just want to yep. make sure you. I didn't know if, you know, uh, you know, RD wrote the VIN number inside the door or, no. or whatever. It, but on it's your on, piece of it's paper, on record. It. It's on record, I promise you. Okay. Yeah, right. when you pull up your receipt that he give you, yeah. it'll be on there, the VIN number. Okay. All right. But, it, you know, that don't really matter because you, you're going to put what comes from the factory back in it. Because yeah. the VIN number is like the Bible of your car, is it not? Yeah. It is for the car, yes. Now, you can you can change the motor, the transmission, the rear end. If you put back like and kind, just like what come out of it, yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. The cookie cutters. Yep. Kind of interesting. So I had a guy call me uh, one day last week was wanting me to know how he can tell if a pickup is made in Mexico. Is there? Yeah. If it starts off with a three, it is made in Mexico. Oh, really? What's one it? is the United States, okay. two is Canada, three is Mexico. <laughs> I did yeah. not know that. You can decode any men and see what planet it came from. Yep. Is it the first number? The first number is what? country it's made in that's the first number the one. first number if it's a one it's made in the united states well wow. if it's a two it's made in canada if it's three it's made in mexico well that, that but that's not always like not exactly 100 percent. per manufacturer sometimes. they change that a little bit but yeah. still even those a lot of any other even asians europeans you can you can tell what assembly plant it was built yeah, by, by looking at the bin. not only know what country but know what plant in that country yeah. Yes. That's pretty cool. And you could Google that, and it'll tell you all that if you if, oh, you, wow. if you go to the VIN uh, decode. Mm-hmm. You can nice. decode it, and it'll tell you all the information about it. But this guy, he had a, he had a GMC, and he was mm-hmm. dropping about You know, he had been reading stuff about if it's made in Mexico, don't buy it no more. And, and he was over there, and he said, how did I tell? And I said, give me the VIN. So he said, I got a picture. I said, it's made in Mexico. It's three. It starts off with a three. Well, let, let's let's clarify that a little bit. It was assembled in Mexico. Mexico. It exactly. wasn't made in Mexico. It's yeah. made all over the place. There, the, you know, uh, 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 today in today's everywhere. world, a uh, car manufacturer doesn't really actually make anything. No, they just get all the parts Design in one place and make and them. engineer, and then somewhere down the line, the lowest bidder is building everything for that vehicle. Yeah. Somewhere. Well, you remember, Joe, when them Chevrolets come out and had the quick neck on the heater hose? Mm-hmm. You know, they was made out of some pop-looking metal. Well, yep. at about 40 or 50 or 60,000 miles, it'd pop off. Yep. Well, the one you go to GM and buy at the time was stainless steel. Mm-hmm. And, and I had people, why does you can buy this one from stainless steel from GM? Why didn't they put that on there? I said, think about that. They probably Cost. buy 100 million of them a year. <laughs> and if they Money. save a nickel on every one of them. Save a dollar. Right. All right. We're out of time, guys. Thanks for right. coming by. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for coming into the Capitol. I know I have to really beg people to do that at times, but I appreciate you being here today. We'll take a break. We'll come back after the news. And then uh, State Representative Mary Bentley will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, that guy was threatening to go trade the truck off. Him. Yeah. He, he said, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't buy all right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow at noon, there's going to be a presser uh, here at the um, at the Capitol, and uh, 
few days ago, we had on the uh, Republican Women's Caucus, mm-hmm. right. and we talked about some different things at that time. Uh, let me try to remember the four things we mentioned. We talked about, uh, uh, let's see, a cancer research uh-huh. thing. Right. We talked about that. We talked about, um, no, what else was it we talked about? Was there, was education, legis- yeah, yeah, science to read on education. They had to read, yeah. to read, read. The new literacy was in on it. Yeah, and uh, Brianna was on dealing with something about uh, broadband, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, okay. huge, yeah, yeah, doing on that. And what was the fourth? Juvenile thing? justice, which Senator Irving was working on, trying yeah. to make it better options for kids to stay closer to home and get some mentoring done and not just locking them up. With so, so one of the things I lives. remember was, you know, if you want to get this stuff done, you got to. You got to make sure the funds are available to get these things done. Right. And I noticed today is I'm, I get a, a little thing every day about new bills that are dropping uh-huh. and what they basically are. Uh, I saw where Senator Dismang uh, was getting behind a bill uh, to raise the taxes on cigarettes uh-huh. from I think seven and a half to nine and a half, and that money was going to be. Directed towards uh, that that cancer, cancer institute. institute that you yeah. all are wanting. So right. there's some movement going on sure. with with all of this. So I'm yeah. I'm going to assume that you guys got your ducks in a row before well, you announced you know, everything. Yeah, we, we, it's really it was months in preparation. It's really been an exciting thing to work together, uh, getting ready for session to have some momentum. We want this to be something that really gets some momentum moving, Dave, to get some things happening. We're all of us were just really tired of the state being on the bottom of the list that should be at the top and at the top of the list where they should be at the bottom. So that's really what we as a group really wanted to work on this time. What we did make for the whole state better. So that's what we're looking at. Something we could all agree on both sides of the aisle. What could we get some things done? So, so I, I, yeah. I, I just did some check-in and Channel 11 did a story uh, about uh, this maternal mortality in the state sure. of Arkansas right. a couple Several days ago, I guess USA right. Today had done a story about it, and uh, then you all have been working on this a lot longer before their stories came out. Right. So you've been aware of this, and sure. So you've been working on this, and now you're ready to. And you know, it's really this is exciting to watch how you all have worked this. You've done well, a great job on it. Been a part of the public health committee for a while since I've been here, and this things we just you know, as being a nurse, you're always aware of health things, things that are going on. A mom, when you look and see that Arkansas ranks fourth in the nation for maternal deaths, that's something that you know we said why. And so that I went to uh, UAMS and visited with the doctors over there from Department of Health and said why are we there? We said well, we really can't even tell you because we're one of the very few states that don't have a maternal mortality review committee that goes and allows the doctors to go in there from the Department of Health to study the chart without people worrying about prosecution. Really, exactly what happened, what went wrong here, what can we fix? So they couldn't really give me the answers because they said we really can't without this review committee. And I didn't know already that Representative Deborah Ferguson had been uh, working on it as well. So she and I got together on both sides of the aisle. We're going to bring it out So we've got a pretty serious problem with people being killed from medical errors in this country. And we also have a problem with government highly regulating the industry. And yet people are still dying in huge numbers. So... I, I, this is a, a, a solution to that, I'm assuming. But sure. so, well, if you don't know what the problem, you know, right, know right, why you right, can't fix right, what's going right. on. So that's so, really what so, this so that's I'm excited about. Right, and so yeah. we've got we've got massive government regulations, and yet people are still dying by the tens or hundreds of thousands every year. 
Well, and the government yeah. doesn't know what's going on. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but somebody's, you know, lifestyle, some uh, mm-hmm. choices they've made with poor health or whatever, sure. you know, and so we, some of those, some of those other issues. But it's, if we really, again, we've got to exactly yeah. find out why. And I love this because it's going to look at in every day before, you know, if it, the death happened during labor or, or after. You know, sometimes we have postpartum depression. There's some things that we really need to look at. So exactly why. And for the infants and for the mothers as well, mm-hmm. just to give some time right after birth would happen and during the labor. So we can really look. There's some things that I've been really wanting to look at as well. So it's really it's a way for us to dig in deep and find out what's going on in our state and how can we make things better. As You know, Dave, you know, as I was listening to that uh, prelude into here, you're the reason I'm even in politics. Because I sat in my office in Bentley Plastics and listened on the radio to you in 2008 and started listening it, you're the one who made me inspired to start making some phone calls to folks. It was Vic Snyder's office I started calling to. So I was just sitting and listening. Dave, it's your fault we're here. So if you ever has a problem with me, you can just blame, blame Dave for that, for the reason I'm here at the Capitol. But anyway, you know, I've always been a person. I'd hate to describe. So we know there's a problem. What we can do to fix it? And so this review committee is going to give us some answers on what can we do to fix things. So and, I, and that's, that, that's what I'm excited about. I was just reading the, the thing that was sent out by Hauserman, and he says uh, this announced your effort to establish the maternal mortality review committee and subsequent legislation this initiative aims to improve maternal and uh, what's the word perinatal perinatal Perinatal. Mm -hmm. thank you outcomes by researching issues and solutions best fit for arkansas's mothers how come since other states have this i mean most other states evidently have this sure how did we miss the boat of having one I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of data. And how, and how important is it? It's extremely important. I mean, so what can be more important than making sure mothers survive through uh, childbirth? And that should be a number one thing that we look at. And, and things have been done, but there's, it's the review committee, like I said, allows people to really, for the Department of Health, to go in there and look at the charts and find exactly what happened. So, you know, we've all known about it, and they have lots of data everywhere. But we sometimes take somebody to come to the center and, and make things happen. I'm working on, on another bill we can talk on another day that I'll file next week. The same thing. There's data out there where until somebody's at the head and making it all come together and, and getting the report here to our public health committee so we can make some cha- whatever changes so, we need to make. So I understand that some hospitals in the state, I think especially maybe one in Conway there, they have just enormous numbers of um, C-sections with women that are having having children. Uh, is that part of kind of what you're looking at? Yeah, we'll look at that. And, and we, we've done studies on that before. We haven't gone down somewhere before, but it will look at everything. So it'll give us some good data on where we are everywhere. And with that way, it allows also allow us to compare ourselves with other states, which we can't do if you don't have the data collected the right. same way they have. Right. So, so, so is, yeah. there, is there some kind of protocol right now? If, so if a patient dies, is there any kind of protocol to actually review that and see, did the doctors kill this guy, or was it just I'm sure that they're, un- unavoidable? Or what's yeah, the, I mean, you're talking about mothers or just any any instances. I mean, how, yes. how much how much oversight is there? I mean, well, I'm sure every hospital is going to because there's you know liability right. involved. But, but, so but, but, sure. but is it only when someone complains, or is there... If anybody passes away, there's a review that's done, and the joint, yeah, mm-hmm. every hospital is reviewed every year and things that have happened there. It, so for their credit, for their credentials, they have to get reviewed every year. Okay. So, right. so, so who serves on this? I mean, on the, I mean on so this folks committee. there from we have some great physicians over at UAMS and at, at Children's Hospital and folks that are in the Department of Health. So Dr. Greenfield will be on there. So just some uh, yeah, he was great he was here. quoted quite quite uh, specifically from Channel Eleven. Yeah, he's super. Yeah, he's an extremely intelligent guy. We've got some great folks here. I mean, I'd love to go over and hang out at UAMS and just hang out with his doctors, Dr. Peoples uh, at NICU there. We have some extremely smart folks here, and I'm glad we have them. So those, those are the ones that will be involved in digging into the chart and seeing exactly what happened. So so, so it was Republican women. It's re- that, and and that, Democrat. We're both okay. working together because Deborah Ferguson's uh, a 
Democrat. She's from uh, West Atlanta, and she's a dentist. So she's been on the Public Health Committee. She's the vice chair of the Public Health Committee. So we want what could the women across the state work on together? So all of us together are going to be working on this one. So you so. all grabbed the bull by the horns and yeah. said, we're going to get this done. Let's make it happen. So right. find out what we can do to make it. And like I said, you can't fix the problem until you know exactly what the problem is. Well, so, yeah. That's exactly yeah, what we're doing. And, and, it, you know, and there's something going on. Sure. And the thing is, it's not going to require any more money. Those are people that are already employed by the state. They're already there. are just going to give them a chance to come together, find out what's going on, and report back to our public health committee. So that's even better in my book. Interesting. So, yeah. It is. It's interesting as far as, as this works out. So how long do you think it's going to take to move this through the House and the, and the Senate? Do you, I think you it'll you see you got through. big, big yeah. support for this? Yeah. Definitely. I think we'll sail through without a problem. So yeah. I think get to the governor's desk pretty quick. When she so. says that to me, I believe it. <laughs> There's some people would say that to me, I wouldn't believe it, but I, I believe what yeah, you say, Yeah, and I think Mary. this is great, yeah. No, we've, and I, like I said, we've been really working together. It's nothing gets done here by yourself. You've got to get a team behind you and work on things to make it happen. So that's really what I've been working on before session started, just to really unite our caucus, to unite our women's caucus, and, you know, just to work together with women in the House on both sides. Now, it, it, it takes a lot of effort. Okay, so let, let's talk about the, the, the cancer side of this yeah. and, and what uh, Dismang is proposing to be, to, to be done. How, is, how much money do you, is that going to raise? Is it going to raise enough money to be able to get this done? We need $10 million annually, and I have not looked at his bill yet to see, but that's the goal for here for, from the general revenue to be $10 million, and then we'll need some folks out here, the generous folks of Arkansas, to donate another $30 million to make it happen. Okay. So there's folks that really want it, that are excited about us making, you know, a concerted effort from the state to be a dependable 10 million and add more to it as they need it. So, and it's going to really, it's really a job creator, Dave, as well, because it's going to bring in some great research to UAMS. It's going to expand UAMS. It's folks that, like my folks now that have to drive all the way to Houston or uh, out to Minneapolis, whatever, to get some cancer treatment, they can get it done right here in Arkansas, that same great treatment for cancer. So. Um, to me, it's a, a win-win for okay, state, so that's, sure. that's House Bill 1442. Right. Which is uh, Davis and Dismang. And uh, it says this law would use taxes on certain products like tobacco, tobacco-related products, to provide funding for a National Cancer Institute designed cancer center in the state. The percentage would increase from 75 to 9.5%. Right. You, know, you know, I don't know what time you want to... How long we have on the on the radio here? But another thing that I'm really concerned about is e-cigarettes in our high schools. We've seen a massive increase on what's going on there, and it's really got me concerned. So I think we need to look at some issues there. How can we keep it out of school? So hopefully that may maybe that'll help it a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed so. to be 18 and over, correct? Yeah, but you know, there's some 18 year olds in high school. You know, well, brain, yeah, and, I, I and, agree. And I've visited with some some uh, principals that are just I don't know what to do. It's just it's rampant, and kids are get this. It looks like a flash drive, and it's e-cig, and they're just a uh, in school, and the pa- girls are passing out in the bathroom because they so much nicotine getting into their system. So we've got we've got a plethora of things to work on. Okay, without so a doubt. While, so. I, while I've got you here, because you yeah. got a medical background, right? I had a large argument with my son-in-law because mm-hmm. he's a vapor, right? All right, and uh, they've been living with me for a while now, and they're right. getting ready. And he wanted to vape. And I said, you're going to vape? You're going to sit out in the garage and vape. All right. Sure. And they're going to do it in the house. And uh, so they're getting ready to move to their own place now. Mm-hmm. And he told me he was going to vape in, in the house. And I looked at him. I said, not with Eli around. You're not. It's my two-year-old sure. grandson. And he says, but he says, Pop, there's nothing wrong with it. Just water vapor. I said, have you read about what this, quote, sure. water vapor has in it? Right. 
and uh, like formaldehyde. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And he had no, he had no yeah. idea, and he sure. still wants. I mean, he argues with me. It's not smoking, Pop. It's vaping. I go. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, your two-year-old sure doesn't need to see it because uh, nicotine's a, a cancer subject. You know. It's yeah. A, it's a carcinogen, and anything you put into your body like that is just not good for you. And I understand. And he's that, not, you know, filtering all of it. It's going back out into the right. air. Yeah. Sure. You know, it, if you're killing yourself, I, maybe I won't argue with you so much, but right. I don't want you causing <laughs> sure. problems for my two-year-old grandson. Exactly right. It kind of puts in different. You know, my mom is 87. I'll just I'll play this back to her. She's 87, never smoked in her life, but she was around my dad who did. So when she got recently diagnosed with atrial fib, they said, you've got some COPD. What? Wow. And that's from being around my dad who smoked for so long. So it does. Well, it both does affect. my parents smoked. Sure. I mean, that, you know, yeah. I, I'll give my dad credit that he'd cracked a window when he smoked, all right, <laughs> and it sucked out the, the majority of the smoke. But, you know, it just. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I sat in the smoke filled car every time I drove and got car sick, whatever we went when I was a kid. Yeah, so. it just uh, it <laughs> yeah. was a, a way of the times sure. that was going and, on. And it's, it scares me that, you know, we I understand that. I know people, is vaping is dangerous, and it is. Uh, especially but it's so with not our, sold as being dangerous. No, it's just not. It's, and, our, and they've got all these flavored and so all these high school kids are doing it. And so I'm concerned we get all this medical marijuana out there. So these kids are going to be getting high along with getting uh, smoking nicotine in school. So, yeah, those are things that I, that I think about that hope we can help And they still state. don't know what that smoke from marijuana does to your lungs. Right. It can't be good. Anything foreign into your lungs is not good. Anything. So I'm all for living healthy. You know that, Dave. Yeah. yeah it's, where, it's where we need to I, be. I, sure. Here's what I remember. First time I smoked a cigarette. I thought I was going to puke because I coughed up, <laughs> coughed so hard. Sure. I decided probably wasn't a good thing to do. You know what I'm saying? You and me both, Dave. I think it was about, I don't know, 11 or 12 first time I tried, and that was the first and only time. So good. I'm glad I got good and sick. Yeah. First round. Well, it don't take too long to <laughs> teach me something when I have that kind of a reaction yeah, to whatever sure. it is I'm doing. Well, we I come, appreciate the invite today. I'm re- I yeah. really am excited about this group. I'm excited of us all working together some good things. We, we love our state. We're ready to move it forward on some really good things. So. Uh, you speaking great. tomorrow? I'll try to get here early enough to catch your your, your presentation. Yeah. Robin's going to be here and all the rest? Yep. The whole crew is going to be here? The whole crew is going to be in room 170. Irvin's going to be here, too? Yeah, everybody be in room 170 down there for the press conference. Okay. So. Yeah, everybody. All right, so. well, congratulations. Good well, job. Thank you. I appreciate and that. I think so. there's some good stuff to, to, to push in us. And let's, uh, let's not have to thank God for Mississippi for very much longer. <laughs> I'm with you, Dave. All right. No Thanks doubt. a lot. All right. All right appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Right, we'll let you get out of here. I know you've been – well, she's been here all, all day. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Let's give her. Well, she know. had to go through the, the whole thing of, uh, you know, getting COS through. <laughs> Are you glad that's over with? I am. I'll be a hundred less emails. I'll get a day. All right. Great. We'll talk <laughs> to you later. Thank you very much. Mary Bentley here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A break. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We're finishing up uh, here in this last hour uh, our broadcast for today. Tomorrow, uh, J.R. Davis will start with me in the first hour. He's the governor's spokesman. We'll be talking to him about the highway bill because I want to have a discussion with him about because there's a lot of people in the house. It's becoming very evident now as people come over to seek me out and talk to me. And I'm just talking to people and they bring up the highway bill. There's a lot of discontent about the highway bill. So we want to talk to them about it. Uh, And, uh, you know, we want to talk uh, tomorrow. See, who else do we got on for tomorrow? Robin Lundstrom. She has a couple of different bills. I'm going to tell you what those are in a second. Who else was coming? There's somebody else that's going to come by. Well, we're going to have Congressman Hill on from 
D.C. Call in. Tell us what's going on up in uh, in Congress. Of course, you probably have heard uh, they're waiting to see if uh, the president will sign this uh, new bill uh, tomorrow. McConnell saying they're going to he's going to force a vote on uh, Casio's uh, Green New Deal so that it can be just trampled to death. Uh, I want to see how many Democrats vote for it. It'll be interesting to see. That's going to be very interesting. So we got a lot to talk about tomorrow. But today, uh, finishing up now, uh, let's start off with HJR 1006. This is being sponsored by Representative Lundstrom and Senator Stubblefield. Yeah, so that so that one's kind of a couple of my favorite people. That one's kind of kind of cool because so right now with judges. They don't run as partisan. They and don't, I they, don't like that. They, they don't run as Democrats or Republicans. Don't they just like run as it. what they call nonpartisan. And so, and then they have this other little stupid little idea rule that they have where they say where they claim that they can't tell you what they think about a whole That's bunch exactly of different right. things. And so, if you don't know the person personally, it's pretty stinking difficult to know where they stand on. Because here's their the principles. typical answer you get: you've, you've heard this, I've heard this, my listeners have heard this. Well, how do you all feel about? This, well, I really can't say because if I say, then I might have to recuse recuse myself right. if that happens to pop up in front of right. me uh, in the Supreme Court. Right, which is a bunch of hogwash. But, but and, and they've got these stupid rules that they make, and which it gives them cover to just basically keep it a secret what their principles are. And then we have a very difficult time knowing who to vote for. The Republican-Democrat designation would help with that. Yes, it would. Um, but we, we've got some, some, some dumb problems here in Arkansas with the way we elect judges. One, they have to be attorneys. That makes that makes it basically impossible to find a good person. Don't to even run. have to be that to be a Supreme Court justice. Right? Of no, the United that's right. States. You can be a Supreme Court justice of the United States, and you do not have to be an attorney. But to be a, a, a little lower court judge in Arkansas, you have to be a, 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 a licensed attorney, which is plum stupid, and it basically eliminates all the good people. Just about. Well, somebody it, who might think almost. out of the box, right? And that's and that's one of the big problems with the judicial branch right now is they've got this these dumb ideas. One of them is called stare decisis, where they have determined that they can make law by making a ruling up at the higher courts, and then everybody else has to follow it as if it's law, which is hogwash. Yeah. When, when the upper when the higher courts ruled Roe v. Wade, it did not obligate the lower courts. To follow that precedent. And and that's why Paul and I, you hear us talk about it. Which constitution do you believe in? Right, the 13-page 13 13 page page one? Or, or the, the one, one that weighs over 12 pounds. That's over 10,000 pages. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. We, we've got the judicial branch that is run by a bunch of dumb attorneys that, are, that have gone through law school and, and forgot how to read. All and, right, well, keep your thought. Okay. I'll, I'll pick it up when we come back. The news is happening now. Really? All right, we're back with you at the uh, the Capitol. We're on the third floor, House side, and uh, State Representative Dotson joins us. And mm-hmm. you said tomorrow's going. You've looked It'll at be a the fun day tomorrow. Uh, got a got a lot of bills coming up to the floor. It's freedom of speech bill is supposed to be voted That's on right. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, get that passed. Uh, we've got tax cuts. Uh huh. Um, we've got Senator Rapert's, uh Trigger bill? Making uh, abortion illegal if uh, uh, Roe v. Wade is, Roe Roe v. Wade is overpa- overturned. Yeah, yeah. And there was one other one. What was the. Oh. Um, 
there's a resolution by Brant Smith to mm-hmm. clarify gun rights. That's so, correct. The cool. trifecta. Tomorrow, cool. tomorrow. Yeah, good. And then, and then freedom of speech, the Form Act, cool. is also on there. So, so when so are the you house guys should starting be tomorrow? Good to watch. Uh, it's 1 o'clock. So it, oh, might, okay. it might be almost as fun to watch the galleries. <laughs> it might be. It could be. It could be. But, yeah, there's, <laughs> a, lot, there's a lot going, there's you, a lot going on in. Then tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you, mm-hmm. uh, Representative, about this. this is, I've been asking everybody the same question. So I'll give you the opportunity to answer, too. I'm hearing there's a lot of uh, of uh, people that are tense and concerned about the governor's highway proposal. Does there seem to be a, a consensus uh, brewing in the house to, to 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 call the governor on on this thing? I don't know if there's a consensus or not a consensus. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's one of those one of those things. It's probably you're not ever going to know until maybe a small herd of cats until it gets up there for a vote and you see whether or not people are are going to to vote for it or not whatever I mean, the proposals are i mean, I mean jr davis said last week on my thursday show and, and i'll have him on again tomorrow he made the statement that they thought they had about 17 republicans that weren't on board that's a lot of republicans uh, and with the vote that you need because of this uh, would make it difficult to pass it well if if you're just talking about Republicans exclusively, there's mm-hmm. 76 Republicans in the House, and if you need 51, you can lose 25, not 17. Okay, so it's, it's, it, it is a, a, a just a majority, just a um, three-quarter? I, I, I honestly don't know exactly what – With I haven't been involved okay. in the discussions on okay. exactly the thresholds. And so, uh, the part of it that I've seen was the uh, constitutional amendment proposal to – to make permanent the half cent sales tax, right? That's a simple majority, right? Um, that okay. piece of it. I'm not sure on the uh, the other components of it, but I think there's a couple of different components. I mean, to you got Douglas who wants the six and a half percent wholesale mm-hmm. on diesel and the three percent on the uh, on gas. I I would think that would rise to a much. Um, like I said, I you don't know yet. It's, okay. it's not a. Um, I mean, I haven't been working on that. Is it, is it at being all. discussed? I mean, a lot of I'm hearing people saying they're hearing people pushing back on this. Um, it's just not been like, like I said. Not I've been working radar. on a whole bunch of other stuff, and I gotcha. that's just not one of them. That okay. uh, I mean, they're going to do. You, you mean you, you don't have anything to do? I mean, seriously. I mean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've stopped since session started. Yeah, I gotcha. But um, y'all, I know, but I know, y'all, are, y'all. Are I think busy. I've got. Uh, I think I'm. I'm on the calendar three times tomorrow, okay. and so and none of them have anything to do with. Uh, 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 highways. highways. Okay. <laughs> well, I just was asking. I I didn't know if this was. I'm just trying to 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 take the temperature from the house. And and it's not one of those things that I've been talking personally with a lot of legislators about. To I mean, I know there's pockets of of folks that are very passionate about it. Yeah. And there are folks that are extremely uh, sold out and dedicated to the idea of doing something. Mm-hmm. But whether or not those pockets are are big enough to create a majority um i mean i don't know i I haven't taken a pulse of anybody or gone around and started counting votes myself it's it's one of those things that uh like i said i've got several other irons in the fire and and uh that i've been working on with regards to rules procurement uh 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 
I mean, tax policy in general is still still one of my primary focuses and issues. But uh, it's uh, until we get past tomorrow with the, the governor's tax cut, mm-hmm. we're not talking about any of the other uh, uh, taxes th- to speak of. Do you think it'll pass? Um, I would think it would. I mean, you're talking about a, uh, a tax cut proposal that is a straight tax cut. Um, and so there's not anything hidden in it. There's nothing in there that uh, is like a... a it doesn't actually grow government in a backhanded is, way. It's, no, I mean, there, I mean it's, it's, it is it's purely a rate reduction. Um, the only reason it needs 75 is because... The, Some of the rates are tweaked. Yeah, the, the, the lower... Uh, the lower rates in the top end bracket mm-hmm. are being tweaked, and since some of those are actually larger than what they were at the very low end, so right, right now there's I think there's a point nine or it's a, it's or a net one. cut, but but some of those yeah. some of those rates are are raised in there. Right. Right. It, it, the upper end is coming down more than enough to offset the lower end. Right. So if coming you're up, in that right. top rate uh, category, you're you're at a higher income and you pay more on the first portion of your income, mm-hmm. but net overall, you're paying less. But uh, since the rates are being adjusted, it does take that higher right. 75 vote threshold. Right. So, I mean, the alternative to it is if anybody's like, oh, we're not going to pass this because we don't want to, to pass these types of tax cuts, is to come in with a larger tax cut. With mm-hmm. It only takes a simple majority to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Let's um, make it a, let's uh, make it a, a, a four think, percentage point. At the end of the day, it's going to pass. I'm, you know, relatively sure whether it's the first vote or not i don't know the okay. answer <laughs> okay i mean i don't be at the end of the day tomorrow but by the end yeah, of the session, the I, think the session I think it'll pass okay if it even has to get tweaked a little bit yeah we, we you know we just we get interested when we hear other people say other things and uh just just kind of see where everybody's landing yeah. and i understand you're busy you've been on my show already talking <laughs> about things you get going Tell us about what is it? Nine hundred and six page bill. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it, it sounds bigger than what it is really from a a, a purely functional standpoint. It uh, it doesn't change anything um, other than terminology in the code. So um, right now we have what's called the rules and regulations uh, uh, throughout the Arkansas State Code. And they're really duplicative terms. So rules means regulations, regulations mean rules. Um, and so slowly over the last several decades, uh, as bills have been drafted, uh, been striking out the word regulations or and regulations throughout the code, and we have uh, administrative rules. Um, what I did with this 906-page 3,200 and some odd section bill was go through the entire code and just do it all at once. So okay. rather than piecemealing it, having it here, and, and maybe getting it all done over the course of time. From here on out, we'll have Arkansas rules. If it's if we're talking to uh, uh, we're talking about state rules, and then we'll have federal regulations. And so, the only place in the code really that will refer to regulations, unless we've missed something, which is possible in, in mm-hmm. that large a thing, uh, and then we'll have to come back and maybe clean it up in the future. But um, uh, it will be. That uh, you're trying to clarify, so we can you can kind of make it consistent throughout the entire code, and that's the goal of the legislation. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Well, to me, it does, and and apparently to the committee, and came out of committee today, so uh, pretty non-controversial. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I can't imagine anybody having any 
objections to it, but mm-hmm. sometimes things that are that are relatively simple in my mind uh, become more controversial as mm-hmm. they move along. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll pick it up. Uh, you've got a constitutional. Uh, piece of legislation that you want to present to your colleagues? Can we talk about that when we come back? Sure. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. You w- which one? Okay. How many you got? Uh, at least two. I think I got two or three. I got, I got yeah, two, two concepts. Okay. Yeah. We'll come back and we'll talk about two different concepts. That's fine. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, something you need to know, if you're getting close to retirement age, you've got to make sure the way you've set it up is going to benefit you and not hurt you. If, if you've got a lot of your money in IRAs, 401Ks, and all kinds of things like that where you've not paid any tax on the money as you put it away, you might want to go back and look at it and see if you don't want to maybe pull the money out and put it back in like in a Roth and pay for the amount of money you're going to pay in taxes now versus what you might have to pay 20 years from now. Because all you got to do is listen to what they're saying in Congress and know that there's an appetite to raise the tax rate. So you want to make sure you're getting uh, that kind of money back that you're expecting uh, to get back. You can learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. Do it with David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. He hosts the David Lucas Show that you hear at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, here it's Saturday, 10 a.m. and again at uh, 3 p- uh, or 2 p.m., pardon me, or 3 p.m. It was 3 p.m. Uh, free analysis reveals little-known strategies and loopholes that can help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401k, Social Security, and everything else you got going for you for your uh, retirement. To get your free analysis, uh, call right now at 501-653-6690. Be one of the first 10 callers. That's 501-653-6690. All right, let's finish up. Our guest is State Representative Jim Dotson. Uh, we were talking uh, before we uh, left for the break that he has a, a couple of uh, things pending that uh, will de- will deal with uh, uh, constitution. Term, yeah, constitution with term limits. So let's turn it over to you, and you can explain this. Okay, so um, I filed a, a couple of different resolutions, and, and you know, a couple of them were actually, uh, I think there's, Five total. A couple of them were actually just um, uh, shell resolutions, placeholders. In case we get one of them was on term limits, was a shell, uh, was one of the placeholders. Um, two of the others were two different versions of term limits. The, the main one is a mirror bill or mirror resolution with uh, Senator Clark over in the Senate that um, would provide for. Uh, a reduction in legislative term limits from 16 years that they're currently at to 12 years, and then provide a uh, a four-year set-out period so that incumbency is not a factor for anybody, but it'd be 12 consecutive years that somebody could serve in the legislature mm-hmm. on either chamber, either end, uh, uh, but no more than 12 at one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so both both chambers combined. But it would also provide for and establish uh, judicial term limits at the same time, the same 12 years. So mm-hmm. uh, we would have uh, that on 
on uh, uh, every type of judge throughout the state. Uh, they could serve in that particular office for 12 years at a time. Um, and then before they could run again for that same office, say the circuit judge could not run for another circuit judgeship after, until after they'd set out of circuit judgeship for four years. But they could advance on to the next? They could go to the Supreme Court or they okay. could go to appeals or they could go to district court level. And, and then, but as long as they've stayed out of that particular court for four years before they go. So generally judges will, uh, will maybe they'll start at the district level and they'll kind and of go progress to on and go. so this wouldn't yeah. prohibit that from happening it just uh, it, it allows for you know some turnover within that particular court body um, and so uh, it gives a little more opportunity to other folks uh, to, to try those things out and um, hopefully is a happy medium on legislative term and limits at the same time okay. um, that would be the main one that uh, we'll be working on trying to present um, uh, the second term limit option that I, I filed is just a, a legislative only uh, a term limit mm-hmm. that would provide for eight in the House and eight in the Senate, uh, two four-year terms in the Senate and four two-year terms in the House. So there'd be parity between both so, ends. So with your first bill, let me kind of clarify a little bit. So you said with a, a four-year set out setback was it? Uh, where they would have to someone would have to sit out for four years before if they, they wanted would be to come eligible back. to run for uh, another legislative Again. term so they could so they could go for 12 years and they could sit out for four years and, and start over Is that right and, and they could they could come back and try to try to run again but incumbency would be a non-factor at that point. right you and kind of lose it more than likely most extent. people after after you've been gone for a period of time most people, 90%, probably never will return or run mm-hmm. again. But it wouldn't prohibit some folks that that uh, uh, were really good and had a passion to serve from uh, being completely shut out for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they could potentially come and, and try it again. They just right. wouldn't have the power of incumbency hmm. uh, or the advantage of incumbency, mm-hmm. I should say, over yep. someone else. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting. It is, it is a kind of a, a, a different idea there, but... Uh, it, I don't. I don't guess I see anything wrong with it. I mean, it's a proposal. Yeah, so, yeah it's I mean, a proposal. I mean, it's, it's a. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it gains enough traction mm-hmm. to be one of the the, the three that, that right. we uh, put on the ballot. Because, because sometimes per, a person might want to work on the sidelines for a while, as you can still be effective without being in office. Oh sure. Um, I mean, uh, but but as far as. Uh, one of the main reasons for term limits is incumbency and having someone there perpetually mm-hmm. without uh, the ability for anybody else to have a chance at it. Mm-hmm. But you do want to have someone who has at least enough experience so uh, the um, uh, it, the bureaucracy is not running the show. And so that's what happens if term, term limits are too short is you don't have uh, the people's representatives actually able to um, so is there, have a voice. Are there any other solutions to dealing with the bureaucratic um, power? Because like, I, I know of a, a case back in our, our in my county. Um, I, I think there's one particular bureaucrat there that it seems like the, the county um, JPs follow him like he's God almost. They just, they just take, him, take him at his word. It, just, it seems like anyway. And I think he's a pretty decent guy, mm-hmm. but the the it seems like he just wields an awful lot of influence with the JPs there. And if if he was a a, a bad person, I think he could be pretty dangerous. And so, how, how do we? Well, the only way that you truly 
are able to rein in the bureaucracy is to have people who are elected and accountable to the people. And so um, the, the challenge with that is if someone is an elected capacity and term limited after, uh, you know, just a couple of years, then they never gain enough knowledge or experience mm-hmm. to combat the entrenched bureaucracy. Right. Well, can can we put so, term limits on the bureaucrats? Well, uh, I don't think it's ever been done. Right. So it's a different, it's a different and, animal. And it's, it would be, they're not necessarily public officials. So they're not, mm-hmm. uh, the, the people who are accountable to the people are elected officials. Right. And so those are the ones that, uh, I mean, or we are the ones, I should say, I guess, that mm-hmm. are supposed to be listening to the concerns and then reigning in the bureaucracy. So, and so unless we have the, the uh, uh, unless you have people that care, that are, well, not not even folks that uh, I wouldn't even say that most people don't care. Uh, there are some that don't, but they're, they're not very engaged. But there's some that I mean, they just haven't had enough experience to I know how to, to, to engage. Right with to know them. how. I mean, uh, this is this is my uh, well, seventh you know, year I'm, I'm, here, sorry, and, and after you know, it's only in the last two years that I've really begun to to kind of figure out. Who everybody is and where things are at, and, and what they do, what and they what do, they think, and, and uh, you know. Yeah. So, who makes the hiring decisions on the bureaucrats, or like like BLR and and the other people? Who who, who determines? Well, so for uh, Bureau of Legislative Research, that's a legislative entity. So, mm-hmm. uh, the legislators are the ones that I mean, they, they work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're they're not an executive branch, uh, but the executive branch folks work for the governor. And uh, the judicial branch folks works technically for the Supreme Court or whatever their court system is over there administratively. Let me ask one last uh-huh. question, because I'm going to have Robin Lundstrom on tomorrow. Okay. She's going to uh, ask that we make judge races partisan. Okay. I think that's a great idea. Do you think that we're going to find some traction? Um, well, I think it was about four years ago I introduced that uh, okay. type of uh, resolution, and it's challenging because it requires a constitutional amendment to Correct. do so. Um, and because of that, uh, I mean, I would love to see it done, but I don't know that it's one of the, the three that the legislature it will rise to the level that everybody comes to an agreement. I couldn't get it voted out of committee four years ago. So, mm. um, you know, whether it will have enough traction or not, I I just don't know. I would love to see that happen. And I'd also like you guys to make it a, a, a thing where the judges, when they're running for office, can answer questions. Instead well, they of saying, can answer well, I, questions I, right now. I can't now. talk about that because, generally, you know, that's what they do. Try not to. and uh, But uh, there's nothing that prohibits them under the First Amendment and freedom of speech to actually answer your questions. Um, but so it's I, I need to, to press them a little harder is what press you're harder. telling me. Okay. I, mean, I get them to answer questions for me sometimes. but the, and, and They're very cautious about it. They are. They are and I, I, found some, I found one particular question that they will typically answer. I'll ask them how they view the, the idea of, of precedent. Is it binding or is it or do they actually have to follow the Constitution when precedent contradicts it? And in many cases, a lot of times they think they, that precedent is the Constitution, I'm afraid, in some cases, and which is hogwash. <laughs> you see him smiling? <laughs> uh, well, this is a legislative perspective versus a judicial perspective, yeah. but um, I call it hogwash as well. 
Yeah, I agree. That, that's I how we got the, the, about 60 million dead babies. Well, I mean, children. If it's if if you give weight to every word in the Constitution, and the precedent contradicts the Constitution, I think you have an obligation to, to actually to weigh with, with the Constitution, Constitution over yeah, absolutely. over absolutely. Uh, a judicial precedent. We're out of time, gentlemen. Representative, thanks a lot. Thank you. He was walking by. I got my hook out and pulled yep. him over here. <laughs> he was trying to get out of here. All right, we'll let you uh, appreciate escape. it. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. All right. We'll see you tomorrow as well, 2 o'clock. Uh, J.R. Davis will join us right out of the box, and we'll talk to him. Uh, French Hill, Congressman Hill, will join us at 4 o'clock. That's coming up as well, and a whole lot of other things will be discussed. See you, too, tomorrow from the Capitol. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.